0: Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever else you want to say during this fine season. This is from Bob's office. I am Jacob Bomber. It is currently 1222 on Tuesday, December something, 17th, nailed it, and sitting with me is...
1: Jake Mathis, I guess? You do that to
0: me all the time, so I (laughs) threw it back at you. Um, Today's guest,
1: that's not how I wrote this, our guest today is one of my best friends. He's a graduate from Valley Christian High School and is currently going to Cal Poly Pomona, studying business. He is impactful to every person that he meets, and he spreads joy to all. Ladies and gentlemen, Khalil Mead.
2: Th- that was really nice, Jake. Thank you. I appreciate that. We also
1: have Ian sitting here, but he might have his mic turned off halfway through.
0: So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully. Apparently Khalil Santa. you spread joy throughout the land. That's yeah, incredible.
2: You know, it's my every Tuesday. <laughs> Just Tuesdays. Uh, Tuesdays that's only time I can, uh, can get the costume <gasps> I, you know so
0: my weekend went like this <laughs> Friday night I had a softball game it was a lot of fun I had to use a backup glove because my first glove is in my car that was at the mechanic so I didn't have it and that was scary I played right center and I still caught everything that went my way so I was very happy and I had a home run which I was also very happy and we won pretty easily. So that was fun. Saturday morning I played Frisbee. Saturday night I went to Naples and walked around with all my Frisbee friends, and we had a good time, and I was very tired, and they got mad at me for not coming over after to hang out and play games. So it was like 10.30 at night, and so I went to bed. And then Sunday, did the whole church thing, and then went and saw Queen and Slim, and that movie is very good. Highly recommend one prolonged Sex scene in the middle. So, you know, I would say <laughs> attempt to skip it, but you can't because it's interwoven with another really important thing that's going on. So it was shot like really well, but it was like I, I almost getting through said, it is kind of difficult.
2: I almost thought you said highly recommend the I highly movie. recommend the movie. <laughs>
0: Just be aware there's a very explicit scene in the middle during a key moment in the movie and. I, it, there's no getting around it. What's that so actor's name? The one that was in Get Out? Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya? Kaluuya, not Kaluuya. Kaluuya. K A L U U Y A. And then yesterday, Monday, all four of us in this room went disc golfing, and that was fun. We might talk about that more in detail later, but <coughs> that was the extent of my weekend. Um,
1: my weekend was terrible. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that's also why
1: I I'm gonna try and talk a lot as much as I can but I'm also gonna be coughing a lot cause I'm dying um the end uh no um yeah I really didn't really do much this weekend uh friends came back from school so we had to hang out on that um church was church uh yeah we went frizzy golfing yesterday had a good time didn't play well cause I'm sick um had great food though after um Yeah. (laughs) That's probably it, I guess. I don't feel good.
0: This is depressing. (sighs) Yeah. Khalil, make make this better.
2: So, I had a good weekend because I first found out that I passed a very difficult accounting class that all you guys have known about for a long time. You're welcome. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, the reason he says that is because on... So, for one, our homework assignments are due, like, every Sunday night at 11.59. And, you know, as usual, as every college student does, you know, you think you're going to work on it throughout the week. And, of course, you just don't. So sometimes I'll call at, like, 11 o'clock be like, hey, Bomber, I need help finishing my homework. And it's due in 20 minutes. And somehow, because he used Santa Claus himself, we finish it. It's a strange comparison. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that uh, my weekend was great because I first went out I passed that class that I thought I was going to fail. That was also going to keep me out of sports for the next season. So that's a little bit of a light in my life right now. Hey.
3: Okay, I guess I got <laughs> You <laughs> um, are allowed to
2: talk.
0: You yeah. just, um, just got to um, limit it sometimes. Yeah. Oh, don't
3: worry. Um, Friday, um, Friday was like my one... I was still in Arizona on Friday. I got back Saturday night. So Friday, I... Was kind of like my free day. I took a friend to the airport in the morning, um, and then my mom, my sister, and I hung out throughout the day. We went to this <coughs> place called Top Golf, which if you don't know what it is, it's a like three-story driving range. And we got we got some snacks, and we just were in a we were at a, a tee for an hour, mm. and we were just hitting golf balls like as I was hitting them as far as I could. I got them out to like 250 yards, which is the farthest that you can go. Um, yeah, that was fun. Um, and then Saturday morning, I was um, still there because of Pet Band, and so we went to the Glendale uh, Christmas Parade, and we were um, one of the, I guess, quote unquote, floats in it. So we were we played um, a couple Christmas tunes, Oh Holy Night," um, was that was not one of them, never mind. We played "Jingle Bell Rock" um, and a, one or two other Christmas tunes, which I can't remember. Um, and so yeah, that was cool. It was a mile through downtown Glendale, Arizona. And then after that, we went and played for a benefit event for the Phoenix Children's Hospital, which is cool because they were raising money um, to help cancer research at the Phoenix Children's Hospital. So, yeah, that was my weekend. And actually, that was not my weekend. That was my Saturday. Then we drove back, got back about midnight on Saturday. And then Sunday, went to church, hung out with friends, um, watched football, and then Frisbee golf yesterday and more football last night with my family. So, yeah, it was a good weekend and finally got to be home for a
0: few weeks, which is nice. Well, there we go. I mean, we can talk about this golf a little <coughs> bit more. What's happening? <laughs> I just got tagged in a weird photo. <laughs> oh boy. So my friends Zach and Evie got married a while ago, and Evie is Jewish. So during the wedding ceremony, we did the whole like lift them up on chairs and yeah. dance around. Yeah. Okay, go yeah. And are she, they the ones that like break the glass on the ground? Yes. So she ta- like. I guess this was in the <laughs> wedding photos. You look so happy, Bummer. Oh, my gosh, you made a wedding <laughs> photo. <laughs> was that Emily so behind you? said, I might be having the most fun. Yeah. I like that. Um,
1: Breaking news. Sporting news MLB athlete of the decade, Mike Trout.
0: As deserved. He hasn't even been around the whole decade. Doesn't matter, apparently. Well, 2011
3: apparently. to 2019 it's almost the whole decade
0: true. So football happened this weekend. It It did. did.
1: I forgot regular
0: season almost over. So first thing first thing I the only thing that I well never mind first thing I cared to talk about in some detail is how the start of the Rams Cowboys game went because a lot of people aren't really aware of how coin toss procedure works. <laughs> so this is to be informative for those of you who maybe heard about what happened and weren't really sure what's going on so game starts with a coin toss to determine who's going to receive who's going to kick off whatever so they do the coin toss and since it was the rams and cowboys i will just use the rams and cowboys in my example so rams are the away team nope yeah the whole team makes it yes. yeah but the cowboys made the call Oh, no, we made the calls that the Cowboys won. Yeah. So the away team calls the coin toss. The Rams called the coin toss. They lost the coin toss. So that means the Cowboys win the coin toss. When you win the coin toss, you have two options. Your options are to make a choice now or make a choice later. Now being to start the game or later being at the start of the second half. That choice is whether you are going to receive the football or kick the football. So you are, when you win the coin toss, you are choosing whether you're going to make the choice now or make the choice in the second half. Most teams make the choice in the second half because they want to receive the ball at the start of the second half because there's momentum and starting on offense. Most teams do that. Some teams like to start with the ball on offense because they want to get some momentum going at the start mm-hmm. of the game so they will choose to receive and so they'll make the choice at the start. So you are either choosing to receive to start the game, or you are saying we defer our choice to the second half, and we will choose then. Well, <clears throat> since you are choosing the second half, that means the other team is choosing to start the game. Mm. So that means the other team better choose to receive, because otherwise, if they choose to kick, the other team is going to choose to receive in the second half, and you would have kicked okay. off Oops. both halves. <laughs> So that, that is how that works. So if you win the coin toss, you are either saying, we will receive, or we will defer. Those are the two things that every person ever who does a coin toss knows that is what you say if you win the coin toss. Yeah. You are either receiving the ball, or you are deferring to the second half. Dak Prescott was the Cowboys representative in this particular game. And Dak Prescott's initial words were, we will kick... So he said the wrong thing. So he right there is making the choice. So he is choosing. <laughs> He's using his choice option at the start of the game. And his choice was to kick. That is what he said. Those were the words that came we out of will his kick. mouth. He said, we will kick. And yeah. he even like pointed a direction. You don't get to choose to kick and the direction. But he was like, we will kick. And he said it twice, multiple times. He looked at the reference like, we'll kick. We're going to kick that way. So is everybody just kind of looking at So the then comments? the Rams, two Rams players specifically, Jared Goff and Johnny Hecker, they're laughing at how, like, confused Dak sounded. And possibly they're laughing at, like, knowing what just happened. Yeah. Because <laughs> technically he made the choice, and his choice was to kick, meaning the Rams get the choice in the second half, and their choice is going to be to receive. So the Rams received to start the game, and then would have also received in the second half. Which I have never seen happen ever, because you have to be an idiot to make that happen. So, but right before they, like, split up, Dak Prescott and his teammate kind of looked at each other, and Dak was like, oh, but we'll defer. (laughs) He, like, he said it way after the fact. So he said, we'll kick, we're going to kick, and then he said, we defer to second half. So, so everyone was kind of confused about what happened. And the Rams receive the ball to start the game, and the game's playing out, and the announcers are talking about it, and they bring in the referee, and he's like their consultant referee, and he talks about it a little bit, but he's saying it looks like the Rams are going to receive to start the game and to start the second half. Second half comes around, the Cowboys receive, Yeah. they let the Cowboys receive it, because the people who run replay in New York, who can like do stuff, they decided this was something that they could review and... Mm effect. So they just decided. Just so they said he said defer, there. so we're gonna assume that he said defer and it's gonna be the Cowboys' choice in the second half. Sheesh. Well what's dumb is the referee is standing right there Ooh. during the coin toss. Yeah. The referee is the one in charge of making sure that the game plays out like it's supposed to. Yep. That's the job of a referee. Is to keep everything fair and to make sure that the game is played correctly. So in that situation the referee heard two things that were contradictory it would be like saying it would it, would, it would have been as if Dak went up there and said we'll receive no we'll kick it's those are they, both contradictory like they things they should take the first thing that he said right well, either yeah. that or the referee should have said wait a minute yeah, you said two things that don't make sense because if, if Dak would have said we'll receive no we'll kick the referee would go which what? one do you want because yeah. those are different Saying, we'll kick, no, we defer, is the exact same thing. That there are two, you are saying two contradictory yeah, said, things. Those are the options. So the referee in that moment should have been, hold on, what are you saying right now? Are you choosing to kick or are you deferring? Because those are different. <laughs> yeah. He should have stopped and said that so that Dak could have said, we are deferring. And then you say, okay, we're fine. But instead the ref was like, okay, Cowboys are kicking. That means the ref in that moment
2: just said, He's Wait, going with the hitting? first thing Dak yeah. said. That's confusing.
0: In and the end, in the end, big picture, the right thing happened. The Cam- Rams received yeah, the start of the about to start the game. I mean, the Cowboys received to start the second half. I, I'm not actually upset about that. I was going to say, what do the majority of, of viewers feel about this? I I don't know. I didn't really talk to <laughs> the. I think <laughs> the overwhelming uh, <laughs> emotion behind it was. Dak is an idiot and should have known better. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yes. Dak's done enough coin tosses in his <laughs> life. He knows how to be up there. Dak should have not gone up there saying, "well, kick. What? You would never say that ever. Yeah, he's been playing football
3: long enough to know so the rules.
0: So that, that's the biggest takeaway he's, is he's Dak, had, just choked for a second Dak messed up it. and then the ref should have stepped in yeah. and that's it. But so. it happens at the Cowboys, so... Cause Cause it was just funny because we were watching the game at the house because I'm rooting Kay. for the Rams and everyone else in the house is rooting for the Cowboys. And that happened and Cody and I were like, what? And then we explained it. Ch- so I had to explain it because because it's a complicated – it really should just be do you want to kick or do you want to receive? Yeah. It, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be complicated. Like why is the rule like complicated? The rule should literally we're be whoever kick. wins the coin we're toss gonna. gets to choose whether they're going to kick or receive. And whatever <laughs> they choose, the other team does it in the second half. That's all that should happen. There shouldn't be this choice situation. So it's I don't blame anyone for being confused by it because it's stupid. But that was the situation. So Did it affect the game? No, the Rams are freaking terrible. I think that because of the mess-up, they should have
1: been like not corrected. The mess-up should have stand and the Rams should have got both balls. It,
0: it wouldn't matter. We were getting smoked. We I know, but I offense, still think that we can they should.
1: Him. He's a professional athlete. Like They should... I agree with Jake. Hold him accountable to his mistake. Oh well.
0: So now you know. Now you know that rule.
2: <coughs> You're welcome. I'm going to apply that. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> Good luck
0: explaining it to everybody else. Might sound just sounds very weird. Sorry, that's just me. All right. I I don't think you guys care about more Rams Cowboy stuff. So no. Jake, don't talk about your Packers. Ah, uh, we won. Yeah. By how much? Wow. Uh, eight points. Uh, two yards. Yeah, <laughs> two yards.
1: You won by two. Literally, yards. <laughs> pause because if they even would have got that, they would have had to get the two point conversion. and There would have been a tie.
3: Would have gotten overtime.
1: Okay, and they still probably would have one.
3: They could have lost. I do not agree with that.
0: Um, you don't agree with the no. You don't agree with the statement that it is possible. <laughs> no, I that they could have lost. That one of the outcomes of the game still could have <laughs> been a loss. No, they would have tied.
1: No losing. Um, I do not like what happened because I don't think that like lateral plays like that. I, if they touch the ground, I feel like it should be
3: like called dead. If the ball or the player touches the ball, the it, what?
0: So fumbles the ball, no longer exist in football.
3: Well, what do you mean? A backwards lateral that hits
1: the ground is the same thing as a fumble. That's stupid to me. That even laterals in general in football game that that it just doesn't make sense to me. That it, it is okay for you to do that. It makes complete sense. So what, what sure. would you do? So on you the-
0: shouldn't be able to pitch the ball. And you should be like able on to a d- run. You can't pitch it. Then it always has to be a handoff. Or a flea flicker. Never know.
1: mind. This is stupid. Apparently.
0: I'm I'm <laughs> at I'm fleshing out, fleshing out, fleshing out. Whatever. I'm going more in depth into your well th- inquiry. Just, I don't
1: understand how. It, it's a pass of like, I don't know how to explain it. Never mind. It's
0: fine. <laughs> that's they the, that's, almost one, Good for them. That's the they problem going to. is I understand your point, but here is why it doesn't work all the way. Because there's a bigger picture involved than just the laterals. Okay. I just think I hate when teams are just like, yeah, we're going to stand nine people back here and then... Yeah. They let the Bears get all the way to the 10 <laughs> yeah, before no. they're like, oh, we should probably try to tackle somebody yeah. now. They didn't, then,
3: he, they didn't even attempt to tackle Mitchell Trubisky. He literally had the ball in the middle of like three yeah. or four defenders, yeah, and they'd, they're like, oh no, it's a quarterback. Just let him go.
0: But they did win. Gale. Yeah. Chargers suck. Yeah, that wasn't great. I really could use the win there.
3: Yeah, I wish they would have won, but it means higher draft pick. And (laughs) apparently, because everybody knows they play at the soccer stadium, and so eighty to ninety percent of the crowd there were Vikings fans.
0: Yep, that's what happened when the Vikings played the Rams last year.
3: Yep, that's what happens when the Chargers move from San Diego to LA, because nobody wants them here except my family. (laughs) I know a couple Chargers fans, but a couple, but vast majority of people. Know as many Vikings fans as Chargers fans.
0: Oh yeah, probably. Other thing of note from this weekend is last night's game, Saints and Colts. Saints destroyed the Colts. The Colts couldn't do anything to stop anybody on defense. So much so that Drew Brees went 29 for 30 for 307 yards and four touchdowns, which is the Brees completed 22 passes in a row, which is a career high, and pretty close to an (coughs) all-time. NFL record.
3: What's the NFL record? I don't remember. I think it's 20 It's 20 or 29, because Fulton Rivers broke it a couple of years ago, but then it was broken again, I think, it was either this year or last year.
0: And then his 29 for 30 is the highest completion percentage ever in a game by somebody that threw at least some number of passes. So he, let alone setting those two, doing those two things, is very impressive. But in his four touchdown passes he set currently set the career touchdown record <laughs> passing Peyton Manning. The problem with that is Breeze is now at five hundred forty, Manning is at five hundred thirty nine, Tom Brady is at five hundred thirty eight. Brady's still playing. So depending who plays <laughs> I think the Patriots play on Saturday. So if Brady throws three touchdowns, he will be the all-time passing touchdown leader. And then when Breeze plays again on Sunday, he'll throw more touchdowns. Then he'll be the, – are they going to celebrate so it, it every much, single time? Like so does that? it like matter like who –
1: does it count for postseason too or no? No. So it's pretty much whoever at week 16 has more <laughs> Until Yeah, next But it's year. like
0: – it's just weird that this is a very specific thing that you would celebrate. And <laughs> they have to celebrate it multiple times because mm-hmm. – you just became it. Well, now you became it. Now you became it back. Like, it's going to go back and forth. Unless Breeze just throws five touchdowns next week and gets out of range because Brady's not having a great year. It's possible. It's just a funny situation. So, yeah, last night was just a systematic dismantling of the Indianapolis Colts, who had a good start to the year and have fallen off hard. So, Drew Breeze is very impressive. We were looking at some stats. Last night for the record, another thing that's another another football thing that's very complicated is quarterback passer rating. And a perfect passer rating for one game is 158.3. The way you get that is by completing at least 70, it's either 75, it's 77.5% of your passes. It is having a touchdown eleven percent of the time, which is like one out of nine, and it's averaging twelve and a half yards per attempt. All three of those things have to happen. And you have to not throw any interceptions. So last night Breeze completed ninety seven point four percent of his passes, had four touchdowns on thirty attempts, so that's roughly fourteen percent. And but he only had three hundred seven yards on thirty attempts, so that was only like ten point only three. 307 yards. I mean, it was like 10.3 yards per attempt. So he didn't have a perfect passer rating last night because he did not have enough yards per attempt. But he has had one perfect passer rating in the past in a game that he was 18 for 23 for 370 yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> Do you reward on 18 passes? Yeah. <clears throat> that's that's a lot. So. Jeez. Yeah, Drew Brees is insane. He's very very good. He's, yeah top five quarterback all time. Yeah. His, his whole family
2: was there watching it too which made it even more special. Yeah.
0: it's cool. So congrats to him
2: on that. I wish I had a brain that could catalog information like people who are into sports <laughs> because you guys bring up every name of every player of every team. Well, every stat.
0: I was literally looking that up as we were driving in today. So that's not but something you remembered I
2: remembered it. Well
0: yeah because i that's still impressive. I keep some. I keep numbers in my head, and that oh,
2: works out. Man, that'd be so nice for my major. <laughs> Keeping imagine, numbers. In imagine head. being gifted quantitatively. <laughs> yeah. For a quantitative major.
3: Quick point of note: the Buffalo Bills have made the playoffs, and they're only one game behind the Patriots for the yeah. division lead. They, and they play. They play, play this something. Sunday. In Foxborough, so but it should be a good game because Buffalo is six
0: and one. On the road. Defense. Defense <coughs> wins a lot of games. And they have a good defense. Yep. Um, I would also like to point out briefly, as probably our last football note, that the Carolina Panthers have named Will Greer as their starting quarterback this weekend. Will Greer is their starting quarterback this yep. weekend. Will Greer, formerly of the in University of... case you guys didn't know, Will Greer is their starting quarterback
1: this weekend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> formerly of West Virginia University, where he threw the ball a lot. Um, but more of note about Will Greer is he is the older brother of Nash Greer and Hayes Greer, who are very well known in social media context as being very popular Viners. And Hayes Greer was on Dancing with the Stars a couple years ago and performed very well. Did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, I was dumbfounded when I found out. And, and I went back and looked at their Instagram pages yesterday and sure enough, they both posted on their story about Will Greer being named the starter, so that was pretty funny to me, but that's of no note because <laughs> the, Panthers, the Panthers, ready? You've probably seen this, and Jake and I talked about it. There are four teams in the league named after big cats, mm-hmm. the Panthers, oh, yeah. the Jaguars, the Lions, and the Bengals. About seven weeks ago on a Monday night football game, a black cat ran across the field. I at think I point. actually saw that. Yeah, like on YouTube. Since that happened, these four teams, over the course of six weeks, these four teams have combined to win a total of
2: two games. Really? Total? Yeah. Because they saw the black cat. (laughs) Yep. obviously not,
0: but just the coincidence alone is ridiculous. That's kind of funny. These four teams have combined for two wins, and one of them was
2: this week, and the other one was last week. Watch them. They're going to send out like a, like a hit. They're going to say, somebody find that black cat. No they noise. were looking
3: for the black cat for a long time. They yeah, couldn't, couldn't find Lord it. They're like, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. They couldn't find
2: it. They that cat. So there's,
0: yeah. I don't have any other football notes. No?
1: No. No. I mean, right. I'm saying that. No, I don't. Okay. Um.
0: Yeah. I only have one basketball note, because um, I have not been paying attention for the last week. Things are crazy. Once sure. Christmas comes and basketball becomes a big deal again, then that might change. But uh, two days ago, yesterday, two days ago, <clears throat> LeBron James talking, I think, after after the Lakers beat the Hawks on Sunday, LeBron was asked about playing time, whatever, and LeBron said, Why wouldn't I play if I'm healthy? It doesn't make any sense to me personally. I mean, I don't know how many games I have left in my career. I don't know how many kids that may show up to a game that are there to see me play. If I'm hurt, I don't play. If not, I'm playing. That's what has always been my motto. False. (laughs) LeBron is notorious and somebody, a lot of people on Twitter after this came out, because this is the idea of load management that you play a lot but you don't play so much that it hurts you long term because you want to last for the playoffs because you want to win championships so, <laughs> so this idea of load management has become a thing over the last few years and multiple people on Twitter because of him saying this said you invented load management because in terms of stars sitting out games the Spurs used to do it a lot Greg Popovich would do that with like Tim Duncan and Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker and stuff they would sit out games but LeBron would take days off. LeBron, in the middle of a season with the Cavaliers, took, like, a week vacation in Miami. Just Like, that happened. That actually happened. And Sometimes so, you need a mental break. Uh, okay.
2: In no. Middle, in the middle of a season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, as a track athlete, yeah. I no, this that. idea, this, this – yeah, yeah, I agree that he did make it up. But
1: I also – I disagree that, that – I don't know. I don't think it's that big of an issue because –
0: sometimes you do need a mental break
1: but okay. he should be he is contradicting what he did say though or what he does yeah. so that, i see the issue behind that this idea
0: of i don't know how many kids that may show up to a game that are there to see me play michael jordan said that exact same thing 20 plus years ago mm-hmm. about even long that about like this might be the only time that this kid that this family is able to save up and spend money to come watch me play in this random city Right, it's one thing for home games or whatever, but it's more important for road games. Like, yeah. you never know. This might be, and like that might be on the calendar at the start of the season. They're like, the Bulls are coming. I'm gonna go watch Michael Jordan play, whatever. So they save up, they buy the ticket. That's the only game that kid gets to go to, maybe in his life. And then he's gone. And then you're just not gonna play because you're tired. Maybe he means See that.
1: Maybe he means now that he's kind of like in the latter of his career. Yeah. Like, well, it's kind of like these last sorry. few years
0: that he's gonna do this <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> what What about the last 16 years?
1: Well. Those kids can now be 16 years older and make money and go to a game. Here's,
0: no, that's not how that works.
2: So would you say it's like an athlete's, especially like one of those like higher profile ones, like his yes. responsibility?
0: Yes. I'm going to Rockets Clippers on Thursday night. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and James Harden and Russell Westbrook better freaking be playing. Right. Because <laughs> tickets are expensive and none of them have serious injuries at the moment. It's one thing if you're hurt, obviously. You, you're hurt, you can't play it. But if you're like sore yeah. or a little sick, Michael Jordan Don't, scored yeah. 55 points with a flu. Okay. Don't come at me with you being sick. Yeah. When, I, I when I'm sick, it helps me to go out and play stuff, unless I'm like dying. Me. So, no. Like if I have a headache or if I have like a cold or somewhat of a temperature, I feel way better if I go play something. Like the adrenaline yeah. makes me feel better.
2: So, especially, especially if it's an excuse that no lower athlete than you could make. Yeah. Like, if a college or high school athlete could be like, I'm sick or tired, so I don't want to practice. You definitely can't do that as a professional yeah. athlete.
0: So so just to compare Jordan and LeBron, because that's you know the comparison. In Jordan, <coughs> Jordan played roughly 15 seasons. He appeared in 15 different seasons. Out of those 15, he only didn't play – in 80 games, so there's 82-game season, he only didn't play in 80 games one, two, three, four times. Of those four times, two of them were him coming back mid-season after he'd retired. Yeah. One of those times was when he got hurt in his second year and didn't play the rest of the season. So he only played in 18 games that year. And then the other season is he missed four games. He only played in 78. So out of 15 seasons, four seasons he played less than 80 games. Mm -hmm. LeBron is in his 17th season, so we'll say we'll look at 16. So LeBron, up to this point, has played in 16 seasons in his career. LeBron has played 80 games three times. That's it? Jordan didn't play 80 games four times. (laughs) LeBron has only played 80 games three times. That frustrates me.
2: I'm not even sure if I totally understand. Like <laughs> the 80 games three times. So so in a basketball season has 82 games. Yeah. So
0: Jordan played in at least 80 of the 82 games every season except four. Right. So How many years Jordan played? Fifteen. So out of 15 seasons, 11 of them he played at least 80 games. Right. In 16 seasons, out of 82 games, LeBron James has played in 80 games three times. Three times. Jordan 11, LeBron 3. That's not a lot. No! It sucks! <laughs> so, I am very frustrated. I can that see. LeBron, okay. That's one of the things to me that's like, this is why I would choose... the I do now believe that LeBron is the best basketball player to have ever played. Right. I would, if I were starting a team, that's a bad thing. I would still, Jordan is always going to be my favorite because of things like that. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Jordan played in every possible game he could. If he physically was capable of playing, Jordan would play in the game no matter what. Yeah. And Jordan always guarded the main person on the other team. Always. LeBron only does that at the end of games. He hardly ever guards the best person on anything. the other yeah. team. It's not that he doesn't do anything. LeBron knows
2: how to play defense and fill
0: lanes and help and do all that stuff. He
2: just chooses not to sometimes.
0: But he, just, he actively does not guard the best player on the other team. You're, like, the best athlete in the world. You should be guarding the best player on the other team, 100%. Yeah,
3: so that would be, like, LeBron guarding the likes of Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Clyde Leonard, every single game. No, instead he's going <coughs> to just, I don't know, does he stick with the small forward, power forward, usually, I, or... He
0: just, He's usually guarding the third or fourth guy. The third the or fourth guy. So, yeah. So, um, I just, that that upsets me.
1: Could yeah. an argument on his side be about the more physicality of the
0: league today? No. Okay. The league is, <laughs> the league not is as by physical. far, by far, way less physical than it was during Jordan's play. Oh, yeah. It's not even questionable <laughs> that the game was way more physical when Jordan was playing. Valid question, but definitely not. Everyone agrees yeah. that everything that is have, rules-wise with fouls and stuff all help the offense. Yeah. It's like the NFL. Even I, Everything agree. helps the offense 100% of the yeah. time. And guys would get laid out, and they would just be fouls. And now guys get touched, and Yeah, there's like flagrants.
3: Yeah, they're flopping, and they're getting flagrants so, and technicals. Yeah. And the league has been criticized in the past for – the, well, different teams specifically for load management and not having stars play, especially in primetime games. Yeah. On Sunday nights or mid, midweek, Wednesday night games where it's the primetime game where it's like two big teams, they, they've they been marketing this all for the past half week, last week, and then the two big stars of the game end up sitting out, and it's just like, okay, it's just average players playing against each other in a primetime game, which people want to see the stars play, but then it ends up just being average players, which people... It's basketball, but it's, you're not. People are watching, are watching it on TV to watch the star players.
0: So that is that is my rant that I have said to a lot of people in the past. Um, but you know that's, yeah. I think that covers us sports-wise. Unless anything else comes to mind quickly. Um, <clears throat> Bob Gardner to the Diamondbacks for five years.
1: The reason why he signed there is because tax
3: issues probably
1: and because he wants somewhere to keep his horses. I mean, you can find somewhere to keep your horses here. Um I think because I saw the thing and it's like in order for him to get the 85 mil that he's promised there, he'd have to get he'd have to get 100 million dollars here. So I saw that I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. But I mean, you can keep your horses
0: anywhere. Yeah. I got the horses in the back. I knew yeah, um, I honestly would have bet more that Ian would have said it faster than you did. What the
1: horses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean,
0: yeah. Rendon at his press
3: conference on Saturday, yeah. which is fun. I watched it. I, I watched didn't it. see any of it. Yeah,
1: he talked about how he chose us over the Dodgers because oh, yeah. because he didn't want the Hollywood lifestyle for his family. He wanted more of the relaxing Southern California feel. And I agree. And he liked the family feel of the team, which we have. Yeah, so kind of took a little shot at the Dodgers there. I mean, not really. So it's just more of a shot of the LA lifestyle. He didn't want the busy lifestyle and the paparazzi and everything.
0: So Khalil's here. It's your time to shine. Puts phone down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to expose me like that. <laughs> I, I make fun of Jake for that all the time. We literally will be in the middle of long, in-depth conversations, and Jake's playing Pokemon on his phone, and I'm just like, Jake. I could be sentient and play Pokemon. Yeah, you say that, but as the person Please who's over that. there having a conversation, and all they do is <laughs> see you on your phone.
2: I'm just going to glare at him the whole time. <laughs> um okay.
0: So, my first really important question. Yesterday, we, we went disc golfing yesterday, and when you arrived at the house, you were very hungry. Yeah. And so you made a peanut butter and Nutella sandwich. Yes. Would you please tell the people how you put the bread back? How
2: what is your process for putting bread back, into, or for, for tying the bag? Oh, okay. So this actually <laughs> it's, goes into something that I, I feel very strongly about. Something I absolutely hate. I knew this was going to be a conversation play. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, oh I When I gosh. tied it yesterday, I had a feeling that this might come <laughs> up later. I'm not going to lie. I have a very specific process. I absolutely hate it when people are like tying bags of like bread or anything that is accessed by everyone else and just tie it as tight as they can. <laughs> like, Just make the absolute tightest knot that like not even a, like Superman could pull open it, it absolutely gets me angry and so what I do I, I know how to tie it tight enough that it doesn't get stale but you can also just pull it open easily so so the like, point is
0: Khalil knotted it so you twist it and pull it through So yes. it makes a little knot yes that's not how the how the I, so do. that's what no no I don't care how they do it was my bread so I don't care what they do with the bread <laughs> it's my bread I package it put it where <laughs> I want because it's funny because Kyle was over the other day and he needed bread for Bear to have some toast. So I got the bread out. And then we were talking about the tie. Because, like, the tie that comes with the bread packaging most of the time, you know, you twist the bread and then you tie, the, you tie the tie around it. and then Oh, you that you one. Tie okay. in the, yeah. yeah. And then you put it back. And so he was like, we just kind of had the conversation. And I realized, and I've been, you know, doing this for whatever. And I just do it because it's there. Yeah. I, I don't need to throw it away. It's part of it. It's part of wrapping the bread back up. So I just use it because it's there. Yeah. But then I was like, I twist it. Why do I need the tie? Because twisting it. That's it's good enough. You spin it. Yeah. You hold it. You spin it. It twists. And then you can just tuck it under. Yeah. And then it's it's there. It's like perfectly it's, good to go. And it's fine. So the tie seems redundant. And then I just – when you nodded it, I was like, I'd never – I would never do that. I can see its effectiveness. You see it's super easy to open again? Yeah. Yeah. And I just – yeah, because I had to open it last night because I made a sandwich for myself last night. And
2: But then I went back to my way to spin and it. It took just it. a second, <gasps> didn't it? Yeah. You just opened it in a second. Yeah, my good. roommates at school do it every single time, and I put them on blast for it every single time. You should just cut the bag time. open. I refuse <laughs> to let it go. I'm going to one day. I'm just going to let it all go still, man, because I'm not – I am not going to – Tear up my fingers Like fingernails Trying to get that bag yeah. open Yeah I so use, It wasn't
0: a complaint It was just I was interested I've never heard <laughs> of
2: Tying the
3: bag
0: before I use the like Like with a knot or with, Yeah
3: with a knot I don't tie the bag Or put the little clip back on What do you do? I spin it till it's tight And then I put that piece Like I put it under So it's on the bottom I
0: sit Yeah right that's what top. I was saying That's what I Yeah do.
3: and it's easy You just lift it up And it's open True I've never Oh like
0: you put it down Yeah like I spin it And it?
3: then I put the like long You fold it back. under yeah, yeah you fold it under Mm-hmm. And then it's really easy to take out. I I like ships.
1: I spin and then clip. Spin and clip. I throw out the clip spin. every single time after I, I first open it. I have the clip idea. I think those clips are very. The clip or
0: yeah.
1: the tie. The little like the clip. piece of plastic thing.
0: Yeah, but the tie because it's not a clip. We might have said clip, but no, little, actual, it's like a
1: little colored thing, right? They have. Yeah, well, you the said tie. those it's don't. Those it's, it's, it's a little clip. Those don't come with it
0: normally, though.
2: The twist oh, no, he's talking about the little the twist, twist, twist ties. ties. Yeah, yeah, the square no. things. What square So thing. have you ever Wait, done like, like, like a like – y- You're oh, talking about twist – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah okay. the square yeah, ones. Yeah, I twist and put those I on. You mean. Those usually I play. don't. I
0: throw those what? on. I wonder if that's oh, by company. Who decides, who decides whether it's <laughs> going to be the little square clay? Yeah, probably no, company. The <laughs> twist I've tie never seen a package of bread with twist ties on it.
3: Yeah, me neither. I've never seen – where do you get your bread from?
0: Let's get this bread. Vons or Ralphs? I mean it shifts between – <laughs> Between whether I get Home Pride or Sarah Lee or Wonder Bread. Oh, see, those are the three. The, I, I thought I Wonder
1: normally has the clip.
0: Wonder Wonder I don't know what Wonder might I have, have the clip. I think I currently have Sarah Lee.
2: Yeah, I just got. I'm pretty one I sure it was Sarah Lee. I know it's the I'm one I don't use because like yeah. that bread is super soft. So you're trying to like spread something on. Yeah, it was rough. So I am
0: not stoked <laughs> with this Sarah Lee bread. I'm all and about The, like King's the peanut butter. The peanut butter was kind of.
2: It's not spreading very like it. Oh, it kind was. Of, fi- it seemed kind of fine to me. I thought. <laughs> really I, thought it, I thought it was very malleable. Oh, good.
3: Ooh, malleable. Fancy yeah. scientific word. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not malleable. a scientist. Malleable. That was not necessary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad we got that out of the way. Our it It's funny important. that you noticed. I, it. I wrote it down <laughs> after
2: <laughs> yesterday. I wrote it down in. The notes because I need to ask Khalil about it I those. feel sometimes I feel self-conscious in oh. Chuck's kitchen after that oh first time. Oh my cut, gosh! You know, oh gosh! This is, this <laughs> I this oh, so now funny. this is a story is worth, worth sharing. sharing. Um, what were we making? That weird thing. that weird it? chicken rice. It thing was surprisingly good, so it, I shouldn't call it. Was it was interesting. It was different, but it, like it was, <laughs> it was still pretty good. Um, like I was supposed to crush. Was it like R- cheese? It's Ritz crackers. Ritz crackers. Yeah, she was, like, breading the chicken with, like, Ritz crackers. Ritz crackers? Yeah.
3: Why would you bread chicken uh, that's, with that's Ritz
2: That's a new thing that I've because seen. Because it's good? Um, anyways, yeah, so they wanted me to crush it, and so I just did it the way I do things at my house. And our, like, I, I don't I just, even
0: remember what you did. I just remember... Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers everything.
2: <laughs> so it was, like, in a Ziploc bag, like the Ritz crackers I had to crush. And so I just put it on the counter. I just took a pan, and I started just, like, hitting it. Like, not super hard. Like, it was kind of loud. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, and Chuck's totally in the right for, you know, being concerned about this. He, like, walked into the kitchen. He was like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, these are are granite counters. (laughs) Oh, that S was hard. He's like, these are granite counters. I was, I just looked, I was like, I immediately felt all the shame. (laughs) What if I chipped his granite counter? Yeah. Chuck would never let me be around again, you know? Well, Chuck's memory is miserable, Fantastic.
0: so I don't think there's any chance <laughs> that he remembers that that happened.
2: I, I mean, he made, a, he made a joke about it once, I think. Uh, well, yeah, I almost
0: brought it up to him yesterday.
2: How dare you? Oh my I, I stopped myself,
0: but I was How very close. Sometimes, right sometimes when I fill my hydro flask, I'll put, I put ice in first, and then I put the water <laughs> in. And yeah. so sometimes when you do that, the ice clumps, yeah. and it, like, stuck to the bottom. And then so then I so used to just take it and just, like, hit it on the yeah countertop, but one time I did it a little extra hard and Chuck looked at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, sorry. So now
2: I do it and I hit it with my hand instead because I don't want it. You don't want that that confrontation. Yeah, See, me and Bomber both both experienced Chuck's rage. Yeah. Uh, rage is not the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's not an angry person at all. I mean, yeah, no.
0: He'll get upset about certain things and Cody's pretty good at making that come out of Chuck. He more so just roasted me. but. <laughs> <what it> was. <laughs> that seems appropriate. Yeah, gross. That was on the microphone. You could hear it. <laughs> what was yeah. the, I didn't even. He, he just like
2: kn- cracked, and snapped
0: his yeah. neck. He's dead. I don't know if it'll show up in the recording, yeah. but I heard it that? in the head. Yeah. You know, some
2: people will just like just turn their head really hard, just crack it. I'm that's like, literally what he just did. Just <laughs> yeah. You trying, like, <laughs> no,
4: trying
1: to die? die. <laughs> no. Oh my. What the?
0: Good
2: lord. All right. Well. So, Khalil, Moving on. I want you to tell the people how we met. Okay. We met in 2016 during... Uh, see, I, I wasn't
1: sure if it was 15 or 16. That's why I wanted you to do it.
2: I see. <laughs> so should I just stop then? You're out no. of you, so. <laughs> Um So I think it's, you guys brought it up on the podcast in a, like a previous episode. We go to this camp every summer. Am I allowed to say the name? Yes. Okay. So uh, Greenwood Ranch. Right. Oh, yeah. you guys said They're directors, not going to sue us. Well, I don't know. Maybe you guys want to keep it a little down. Anyways, um, I was just trying to get some service hours my first year. And Ian's sister told me that it was a great way to get service hours. And so I just I went there, and I was told that I was a counselor's assistant. I met this weird guy named Jake, whose favorite singer was Taylor Swift, and I was not happy about that. Um, no offense to Taylor Swift fans, but you guys are inferior. <laughs> um, so much offense to Taylor Swift. Her country was better. Um, and yeah, that's how I met Jake. He was helping me through a really tough time. At that time, he would text me every every couple months to see how I was doing, and eventually, he became a close brother of mine.
1: I blame Fortnite.
2: Yeah, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah, that's I, I oh, missed a Fortnite. very big part of it. We would just play games like every single day. Yeah, that's how we so, started yeah. becoming closer and closer. Is that we were playing games every day, losing together, getting absolutely. Angry at the game yeah. together. There's been many times mm-hmm. where we scream at the team or yeah. <laughs> <All> each other. <laughs> hey, that's true too. That's one thing that me and Jake just we happen to just agree on almost everything or disagree. Yeah, I was just saying <laughs> that's yeah, not like true. <laughs> not. No, yeah, no, we do not agree. We disagree. But on if we things.
1: agree on something, we know that it's yeah, real. <laughs> that's how I know
2: it's fact. If Jake agrees with it, like right away, I just know like I'm right about this. There's no arguing. <laughs> this is how it works you just raise it? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. You look like you just raised in general. I literally raised the chair, so yes. Okay, cool. I'll raise you <laughs> like up. Yeah, that's a late growth <laughs> So I can oh, stand I on I my
0: own. Good thing Ian's here to fill the void.
2: There wasn't really a void
3: there. I know.
0: <laughs> sarcasm. Hashtag sarcasm. <laughs>
3: Hashtag sarcasm.
0: Hashtag sarcastic Tuesday? Continue. With what? I, you're
2: in charge today. Oh, With I'm in charge today. today. Even given your privilege,
1: Khalil, tell me about
2: your parents. About my
1: parents, um, what do they do? What are their names?
0: Are you leaving? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get – like,
2: he's like pointing fingers around me. Yeah, he has
0: to take a phone call or something. Okay, so
2: he's leaving and he uh, moved my mic. Made that super awkward for no reason. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the way he looked, like looked at doing us. like hand motions. And that's one thing. I like he didn't shake eat.
1: his head yes. He's yeah. just kind of like you – know, like No, one, he, know he moved his, his, head his head in a like. circle. <laughs>
2: that's my. That's one thing also. I'm terrible at like reading lips. I'm awful <laughs> at it. Um. Okay. So, so who are your parents? My – my mother's name is Ava Mead. Mm-hmm. My father's name is Dudley Mead. Dudley? I just <laughs> Dudley. learned that right now. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, There's no
0: reason. I just really like the name Dudley. Continue.
2: They met in the Caribbean. My mom is from a small South American town called Georgetown in the country of Guyana. My dad is from a small island called Montserrat that was destroyed by a volcano in 1995
1: that's why I brought up volcanoes earlier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, I think the population there is like something a little over five thousand now. Actually, I don't know. That was a while ago. Okay, back. how
0: come you failed to mention that Blake, when on his missions thing, he was at Guyana. And I did. That—that's where Cleo's mom is from. Yeah, I mentioned that. that. Show? Yeah, no. I don't know if he was on the show, but it might have been before.
1: Who?
2: Well, I did. Uh, my
1: buddy Blake, his oh. mission trip for—he's—he's uh, he's a Mormon, <laughs> and his yeah. mission trip was down to Guyana.
2: Really? Yeah. Uh, Not Ghana, right? No. Because a, no, yeah. a lot of people say Ghana. Yeah. Well, Ghana is in Africa. Yes. And Guyana is in yeah. South America. And I'm clear to a lot of the misinformed people who until this day thought that they were the same place. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <And laughs> just different do. pronunciations. Yeah. No. So um, they met on Montserrat. Um. See, that's the part that's always unclear to me because they did they did a lot of moving around the different islands. Because my mom went and taught Spanish around a ton of different places. I think in like, I don't know if it was Trinidad or Antigua or just a bunch of... I I honestly don't know. I just know that they met at a church somewhere over there. Uh, She invited my dad to sit down and then that's how they kind of just met each other and got to know each other. It's just that simple. Just an island had to explode. (laughs) (laughs) And so after that, they went to... Oh, after that. So they had my sister there in 1995. Uh, they had to move mainly just because the air was so toxic from the eruption. Um, so they moved to Canada for reasons unknown to me, which I really – this You guys are making me realize there's a lot of questions I need to <laughs> ask. There's a lot of questions I need we to We
0: talk ask. about Canada
2: with you all the time, and you've never known why Canada happened. I just That's just always been fact to me. Oh, uh, they went to Canada. And that's where they had me and my brother. We lived there for six years before we moved to the U.S. And my dad had the option to move to New York or California, and he picked California. And you guys have been in Long Beach area,
1: all of it? Or no, Paramount, correct?
2: Yeah, we were moving all around that, too. That's that's one thing. We move a lot. Um, we started saving money by moving to a small apartment in Paramount. We lived there, I think, from... 2000 and 2005 or six to like 2007, bought our first house 2008 in Downey. Um, after a while there. So but you were like, in Canada up to 2005? Up to yeah 2005 2000. Oh, I think we were my, like you were like five. Yeah. Okay. I, ever, I I always forget it's like 2005 or 2006. Yeah, you just, you don't have a lot of memories of Canada then. I have enough. I oh. have a good amount. Okay. People try to ask me about politics sometimes. I'm just like, you think a six-year-old really cared about any of that? Justin Trudeau was around back then. Who cares? Yeah. And Khalil still doesn't care about politics. I still don't care too much about (laughs) politics, to be honest. But, um, yeah, we moved to Downey and then Long Beach. and lived there for two years. And then we moved to Lakewood, where I spent most of my time growing up here. And then most recently we moved to Buena Park. So, yeah, we move a lot.
4: Well,
1: um, so there's kind of a thing you didn't bring up. <laughs> uh, well, it'll probably come up later, so never mind. Um, So who's your brother? Uh, well, you have a brother. I meant to say who's your siblings, but
2: <laughs> – I have, I have an older sister and a younger brother. That's
1: right. You do have a sister.
2: Yeah. Everyone, I guess I don't talk about her too much, huh? Not a lot. because okay, she's gone. Um, she goes to school in Massachusetts, and I am very proud of her because she does very hard work and gets incredibly good grades, and I honestly wish I could do the same. My brother is a junior at Valley Christian, and, uh, wait, what? Am I supposed to say more about this? If you want to <laughs> say more about your brother, <laughs> sure. It's
0: up to you. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna have to Ian has returned, so yeah. we have to reposition some things. He's smiling, so yep. the phone call wasn't bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't bad. I'd have to
3: set up an interview for Thursday.
1: You didn't close the door.
3: <laughs> I had to set up an interview for Thursday about possible mission trip to Israel this summer, so I just needed to know what we were doing on Thursday. So on
1: oh Thursday? I think said Mother's Day. I'm like, that no, no. is not Thursday. Please do not put that in my mind.
3: Mother's Day is May.
1: I get reminded holidays because of Facebook.
3: Good yeah. go. Facebook reminds you of the holidays. Yes. Like every, um. Every single one.
1: So, oh. more about Khalil because that's what's matters. We're talking about Khalil's siblings. Oh. So, Khalil, you
2: That was a loud vibration. <laughs> that was a very loud vibration. Yes, it was. Um,
0: so, what, how much, <laughs> you mentioned your sister and brother, what can you, do you care to talk about what your sister's studying, what she plans
2: yeah, to do in the future? Yeah, she's studying peach, peach. Speech. <laughs> she's, she's studying peaches. Yeah, she's doing agriculture. No, she's studying speech pathology, speech therapy, which I think is like something along the lines of like helping people with like speech impediments or people who have been in like accidents like regain like their motor functions or specifically just ability to speak.
1: Oh, interesting. Um, so, what what school should you do that? Did you say that?
2: Uh, she's at the University of Massachusetts. Oh, that's a, know, a nice school for that. Push, so the actual UMass. Yeah. You said she was in. No, that's dope. Yeah. Um, what year is she? She's a, she's doing her graduate program. Oh, perfect. so she's yeah she's in the last year for her graduate program. Tell me how this happens. Um, uh, you uh, a new what phone the phone? heck? It's, it's on a text screen and it just went black because Apple wants you to get their new phone.
3: And the only thing showing on his screen is the battery like icon that was and the, key very
2: and
0: weird. the keyboard. <laughs> anyway,
3: sorry. So Khalil, yeah. you
1: are a very big and muscular man. Why are you big and muscular?
0: <laughs> why? Why the what? Why did you, why did we just to something random?
1: Does it help with I your mean, sport? Okay with
0: well, yeah. That's what yeah I that's meant even, to like swing into. We talked about a sports. That's what happened. I was swinging into, kind You're of. We were supposed but to talk about more, earlier, well, so we're just abandoning his family. Well,
1: we what else do you want to talk about your family? <laughs> um, because. I thought that was gonna come
0: up later. Why would it come up later? We're talking about his family now. Okay, okay. Well,
2: it's depressing time a I think we're, we're referencing that my mom passed away in 2016 from type 4 ovarian cancer, which is something that is growing incredibly more common nowadays. But you know, it's been a it's been a journey. I've been I've honestly gained a lot of support through it all. You know, obviously it hurts on a, on a very frequent basis, but I I believe – I strongly believe that she equipped me with what I needed to be able to move on. No, I mean, I know I'm going to see her again one day, so.
1: I didn't realize it was ovarian. Yeah. I know it was a very fatal cancer. I just didn't know which one.
2: Huh. Yeah. In the later days, it was like – it
1: was a lot more complicated. Yeah. Because as it gets further and further, it like moves around the body. Yeah, so – that's what got my grandpa is that it changed from what it was originally.
2: Like, they were fighting, and so yeah. then it changed. And they're
1: like, well, uh, we were countering this, but yeah. it wasn't this anymore.
2: And then so, they have to find it, yeah. and then it may be really late when they find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was for my grandma. Hers was sudden. It was lymphoma, and six weeks yeah. later, she passed away. It was like, bam, bam, bam. In a second. Just, yeah.
3: Yeah. It's really quick.
2: So when was it diagnosed? <laughs> uh, She actually – we it was diagnosed from since 2012, Okay. Like yeah, I remember, it was, it was we were we were in Long Beach. It was I remember one night we noticed like our parents were taking a really long time to come home from work, and so we were just calling, we weren't getting answers. Me and my siblings, that is, and my dad said, "Oh, I, I took your mother to the hospital because she's complaining about a lump she found." And you know, everybody who's at least familiar with these illnesses knows that usually the word lump is not mm-hmm. a great thing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, they were just getting it checked out, and then. I remember my sister kind of knew what was going on, and she brought up that word cancer. But me as a little 11-year-old had no idea really what that meant. Yeah. So I was like, I was just praying. I couldn't really fathom it at the time. But uh, I remember they said, oh, she has something called ovarian cancer, which I didn't really know. She's like, I have cancer. Um, Yeah, I don't really, I don't have a ton of memories about how I felt. Mm-hmm. at the time because you don't really fathom how how serious it is yeah. especially that yeah. young too
1: yeah cuz that that young you might not even really like
2: understand cancer yeah in a not, way. A, not at all it's like to me it was just like some kind of flu mm. like at the most but i remember it became a long long longer journey each time i remember um she was making a big debate as to whether to try chemotherapy hmm. or try to do natural treatments And that was a long and confusing time as well because she, of course, all your loved ones want to give you as much advice as they can. Everybody has their inputs, their opinions, but when it really comes down to it, it was her decision to make. Mm -hmm. And so she underwent chemotherapy for, I think she did one time, and I think think the first time I really fathomed how how serious it was is when, you know, hair starts to fall out. Mm Mm-hmm. So something, a very, one of the major things that I remember about my mom is like something that was always very iconic to me is she had these long dreadlocks. She had these long dreadlocks all over. She would tie them into like ponytails and stuff mm-hmm. like that. She always, my mom was known for her dreadlocks. And mm-hmm. as for me in my childhood brain, as a kid, I'd play with them, stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, I remember her holding like a handful of it in her mm-hmm. hand one day. I remember seeing that and she said it's because of the chemotherapy. And I think in that moment. I kind of knew this was something a little bit more major.
1: Hmm.
2: That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't. Even, I didn't know she had dreadlocks and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah, I don't even. I don't think a ton of my friends have met her. I don't think they ever got to. Me. I know she subbed for our class one time. Oh really? Yeah, for our English class. And he's like, "Oh, that woman has a weird accent." I'm like, "Yeah, that's my mom." <laughs> yeah. Was that at Valley or? Yeah, it was at the middle
4: school.
1: Oh street. wow. That's
0: cool. You said. You said you believe that she properly equipped you. What do
2: you mean by that? So, something about her is that she was always she's always been a fighter. She's always been a prayer warrior. Um, she made it very clear that we were not to give up on things, especially if there was we knew we could do something about it. I know even though she always grasped how how serious of an illness that she had, like I don't think she even once doubted that she was going to see God in the end. I think she always knew this was something this was a this was something that she was just going to have to get through whether it led to like struggle death no matter what that didn't that didn't take down her mood at all mm-hmm. something like that um she always made it clear to us that even like even if she did pass away that wasn't you know it's not the end that like death isn't the end of life you know or it's the end of our life on earth but you know it's not the end of of it all mm-hmm. Do you think her believing that kind of
1: thing kind of made, it, in a way, easier for you guys to accept that she passed away? 100%.
2: Yeah. Um. The fact that she, In the fact they instilled it into us like really, really young, that you know there's a there's a home waiting for us in heaven, mm-hmm. and so our time on earth honestly has is, is been limited since day one. This isn't this isn't the peak, you know. This is mm-hmm. just this is the pre-show, mm-hmm. for lack like of a better term. Um.
1: Also. For her, was it a sudden death or did, was it like a week where you kind of knew it was coming in
2: a way? It was always really slow up until early in 2016 mm-hmm. so like it was right after sophomore year like I just come out I was just taking um I'd been taking driver's ed mm-hmm. and I remember the day I finished driver's ed, I went to go and take my permit test, and then that week things started to get really serious mm-hmm. like we found her unconscious like mm-hmm. in um in their room, and we had to rush her to the 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 e r And, um, I think it was that she suffered a blood clot, which caused her to have a stroke because of something that's very common with cancer patients that their blood thickens Mm -hmm. a little bit. So it's really easy for like arteries to get clogged causing like even heart attacks I've heard. Yeah. But, um, from that moment on, it it, it, it got, it got pretty crazy, honestly, around Mm -hmm. then like stuff I'd never thought I'd see before. That's kind of a lot of what. That's kind of a lot of what um kind of hurt me in that moment or hurt me since then It's a lot of the images. Mm. I remember like seeing my mom with like her eyes rolled back and stuff like that. I won't go into too much detail, but yeah. um, I think I was really broken that year. Mm. A lot, I I was seeing a lot of the stuff for 15 years old. Had no idea how to comprehend any of what I was seeing. I turned off. I was a really quiet person mm-hmm. around then. And, you know, and to this day, I still am a little bit I have a tendency to only share when I'm, when I'm talked to, um, but yeah, as for if it was like a sudden thing, it was more like it went from a gradual, slow incline in her being sick into a one or two months where everything mm-hmm. was just going crazy. She was in and out of consciousness, in and out of being coherent.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That's kind of, um, that's kind of just a, I a kind of watered down yeah. version of it.
0: I'm processing the next thing I want to ask. Um, you had mentioned once in the past in youth group a while ago that she specifically made a decision about...
2: Oh, something. it was... um, She made the decision to do natural treatments the second time the cancer resurfaced. Yeah. So after the first time she did chemotherapy, they announced like, oh... Cancer cells are at this point, like, microscopic. You know, like, they're too, too small to be seen. So if we're going to consider her, you know, she's beaten her battle. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was about a year. That was about a year that we all had that belief. And then it came back, <laughs> I think, uh, early 2015. And honestly, she knew about it for a while, but she kept it from us for a couple months because she just didn't want us to stress. Mm-hmm. But um, the second time around, she said she was going to refuse to do chemotherapy just because it's so harsh on the body. You know, you lose, like, sense of taste. Yeah. Like, just – it just pretty much reduces you. And um, she made the decision she was going to try to do natural treatments. And so she went on for that entire year just doing all these crazy things, awful diets where you can't have anything because cancer feeds on anything sweet, like, any sugar. Um, She couldn't eat – her favorite thing in the Caribbean, they're known for, like, a lot of tropical fruits – a lot of which is mango, mm. which was my mom's absolute favorite fruit. And so every once in a while, like every six months, she'd be like, I'm going to enjoy this one mango today, and that's going to get me through like the next six months. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so she made that decision to do natural treatments, which honestly I, I realized later was a sacrifice she was making because she could have done without taking chemotherapy and would have been obviously that's long and has its struggles of its own. But it's, if you think about standard of living yeah. when it comes to only having, like, bitter herbs, taking these awful drugs, you know, that stuff that is a little more, like, it's less harsh on your body, Yeah. but it just it's just terrible to live through. I always saw that as a sacrifice she made because she knew it would keep her around longer. She did that specifically for us, we found out later, for, you yeah. know, me, my brother, and my sister. She's like, I want to be around as long as possible. What did that mean to you? That what meant you a lot about? to me, especially because you guys know me I'm a I'm a foodie (laughs) I go around I eat like I eat lots of stuff and my mom was she loved food too and just the fact that she was willing for a year to just do all these awful bitter drinks and all these awful foods that she hated and she still would cook meals for us that we absolutely loved like to me I just I can't even I can't even imagine what that's like
0: so how did that whole (laughs) So it was like roughly four years of dealing with it, being feeling free of it, and then dealing with it again. How has that specific four-year stretch of time shaped kind of who you are now, and how you kind of view life, view struggle, view whatever like how that, who you are
2: in that moving forward? Um, That's a great question. I actually I think I wrote about that one time. Be honest um, I uh, I'd say the way the effect that it's had on me I think it made me I definitely listen before I speak now something a lot of people notice is like I can go like long periods of time in conversations just not talking at all mm-hmm. that's mainly just because I realize how crucial it is to learn as much as you can about the person or about the people that you surround yourself with and the yeah. people that you are with like I like to know as much as possible because you never know. Like next week a person could call and be like, I I have like six months left to live. You know, and it sounds extreme, it sounds crazy, but that's just reality. Stuff like that happens a lot. Um it's also I think it's also made me I look at things on the long term now. I try to look at the big or I wouldn't say long term, but I like to look at things for let's say, I say I'd say what they're worth. Okay. Um, I like to think like I have my big group of friends. And they're great people, and they're people that love me and help me. We have fun all the time. But that means nothing if none of us are working on our faith, you know. Like, where does that get us in the end? If we have a great time here, but we're not storing up our gifts Mm -hmm. in heaven, what are we doing, you know? Yeah. It's a huge, huge outlook
0: shift to have and be intentional about moving forward. That's why I asked. Um.
1: You brought up how your mom likes mangoes and stuff like that. Is that why you guys always have mangoes around the house? Is cause it kind of like a good memory or
2: is just because uh, your dad also it's likes them? because my dad's also from the Caribbean <laughs> and he's obsessed with mangoes, yeah.
1: Because mango. yeah. you do say all the time, you occasionally <laughs> oh, yeah. said that the only thing in your house right now
2: is mangoes. Yeah, yeah. No, very frequently, like, that's something I can go downstairs and that's usually what's in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just because... It's just culture. Also Caribbean. Yeah. Which I don't have a problem with, but it'd just be nice to have, like meat in the fridge sometimes. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Um, So shifting back
2: towards that a little bit, what does your dad do? My dad is a teacher in the Los Angeles school district. He teaches, I think, all forms of math and science, some that I don't even know. My dad is, I would say, a self-made man in every sense of the word. You know, he's spent... So much time in books, so much time in school, so yeah. much time just writing, so much time just gaining knowledge, like I would consider my dad a human oracle <laughs> um, All right. yeah a human oracle a human what? oracle, my dad's just he's a book person hmm. so how how does having two
0: teachers and a very learned how does having <coughs> those as parents affect? How you viewed school, how you thought of education and learning, yeah. how you view yourself compared to what kind of expectations? Like, what is all of that?
4: How that whole, that?
2: yeah, that whole thing. Um, having two parents as teachers throughout grade school was very stressful at times because I had. So it's usually, the things people struggle in, in school is math and then like foreign language. Mm-hmm. and i had both of those covered with two parents so i had no excuses to have bad grades in those classes <laughs> so uh what the funny thing about my dad being absolutely gifted at math is that i am absolutely terrible at math <laughs> and so every single time i get homework i have to expect to come home and we're going to go over this homework for as long as it takes for me to get it and <laughs> sometimes you still don't get it that night and yeah. it's just like how come you don't how come you don't know this yet you know, I'm just, I'm just I'm just not good at this. But you're not allowed to say that either, because I'm his son. You know. Yeah. It's just, it's funny. What was he like? Very open to helping. Yeah, yeah. No, my dad honestly is. It's a gift to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that I know there's a lot of people out there they can't do their homework. They just have to struggle with mm-hmm. it and just take whatever grade. I always I think I had kind of an advantage in that way. But uh, the the funny thing really is that I, as much as as much as work, of the work I put into my academics, I think my side as a people person always outweighed that. Mm-hmm. Like if I had someone who just wanted to – someone who needed me to talk to them at some point in time, like I would easily just close my notebook and set it aside and take the late grade and just hang out with them instead. Not like partying and everything, no, but like, yeah. um, it's just funny. I think that's always taken advantage in my life, and I think it's been pretty evident, but – how often
0: did that create a like clash or conflict specifically mm-hmm. with your dad?
2: Um, I don't. I feel like I balanced it kind of well, because I still like my grades are always a little. I I'd say my grades are a little better than average. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I if I did have like a couple like those streaks of a couple lower scores, my dad'd be like, "What's going on? We need to focus on this specifically." And then life becomes pretty regulated for those couple weeks. But I always think I I think I did a pretty good job. Getting the two in, it would it would just be a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, not that I mean,
0: my mom was is a teacher, but I never felt that kind of pressure. <clears throat> um, for reasons that I don't know, I just yeah. did good enough. She <laughs> me to do what I needed just to do, do what you have to do. But yeah. it also most mostly it came a little bit easier for me. Um, I didn't have to work as hard. To yeah. Be as successful as other people had to work way harder to accomplish the same stuff. Yeah. But I also wasn't social. So. Oh, really. Oh, I sat in my room so much. I just watched TV, played video games.
2: Well, I mean, I would do that too. I spent a lot of time. I I, I should explain a lot of the time I spent talking to people is like over like the Xbox okay, Live well, party. <laughs> understand that me
0: playing video games <laughs> yeah. was me sitting with my N64, or PS2, and not having these. Compatibility. Yeah, right <laughs> me communicating myself. Although me, there were a lot of times when my friend Raymond and I would be on the landline, yeah, calling each other using our fancy cordless whatever, and we would just be on the phone on the line for like an hour, two yeah. hours, like we're both playing Madden or something, but we're just playing our own games. Yeah, and so we'd be playing a game, and every now and then, just we'd, talking we'd each like out. comment something that happened and. We'd, like, recap the end of our games and be like, oh, crap, that's crazy. Like, Yeah. And that would just be two hours that if you picked up the phone, you'd be like, what? There's no one on. And then we would just talk every now and then. Yeah. Um,
2: but I had a friend I did that exact, exact same thing, too, with, like, before I had a cell phone. Yeah. There used to be this game we used to play on the internet called, like, Adventure Quest. <laughs> <laughs> we just literally, every single day, I remember for, like, two years straight, I think, like, nine and ten, ages nine and ten, I would just get on the phone, like, I'd, I'd wake up, pick up the home phone, Dallas would be like, hey, is a, is Sebastian available to talk to? And then they just put him on the phone, but just play games for, like, two no. or three hours, and it was great. No. It was yeah. a different time. Hey, yeah. Matt, yeah, I had
0: such the idea of, hey, is Raymond home? Hey, is Patrick home? And then yeah. the, the, the parent would be like, yeah, hold on, Jacob. <laughs> like, me, hold on one second. <laughs> you, you used to have to
2: talk to your friend's parents in order to be able to talk to them. It was It was crazy. Especially because his parents only spoke Spanish. Oh. Yeah. Sebastian. <laughs> no, I just say the word. They just hear Sebastian. Just put him on the phone. <laughs> La biblioteca. Nope. He probably didn't expect to come up in this podcast. Probably. I don't imagine.
0: <laughs> 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 things, we just get there eventually and yeah. get to stuff. Um, so, school wise, um, so you didn't spend much time in school in Canada. Maybe like kindergarten or something? Yeah, just, yeah kindergarten. That was pretty much it. So were you at Valley the whole time? Did you start at Valley? No. No, I went your to. What was school process?
2: So my family is Seventh-day Adventists, which pretty much means we just, we go to church on Saturday and a couple of other theological differences. We'll get there. But, um, we, I went to this absolutely tiny, tiny Adventist school in like Bellflower. Like, by the the big uh, Kaiser over there. Went to the small school called Adventist Union School. And at some point, like, I think the amount of students there was, like, 30-something. Total. Yeah, that's just to give you an idea. elementary school or K through? K through, like, sixth grade. Or eighth grade. Eighth grade, yeah. 30 kids total. Yeah, it was, like, it was small. Wow. Whatever. You're fine. Oh,
0: my bad. Um, there's nothing going on. ignore the man behind the screen
2: you just talk I just sure <laughs> yeah it was just it was the small school which honestly I had a great time there too but it was just it was time to move and so we toured a bunch of different schools in 2009 and it's funny there was no particular reason that I picked the school they let us pick there's mm-hmm. no particular reason I picked Valley other than the elementary school. Like, the classrooms just had these <laughs> colored doors. And I was just like, I want to go to the school with the colorful doors. Uh, to be a kid and yeah. make decisions yeah, based on imagine. the dumbest things possible. Yeah. I mean, they probably, there's probably reasons aside from that. Um, but they yeah. told us, like, oh, which school do you guys like the most? Like, like, the school it's is pretty cool. doors, you know?
0: What was the decision? To, like, who made the decision to leave? You were just like, I can't do this anymore, the school side? At so the first like, one? Yeah. No, that was my parents' decision. As a kid, I didn't think anything was wrong. But it was like, you know, for whatever reason, your parents just yeah. decided this isn't good for our kids. Anymore. Yeah, I imagine.
1: Is it still a school to this day? Yeah, it is. Oh, with still like twenty I, no, kids. No, I
2: think it actually they expanded quite a bit. Well, good, because yeah. I
1: like I imagine like with a school with like thirty kids, like they're kind of like scraping the very bottom, and they probably were considering like stopping too. I, that's I, why I thought you. That's why I thought that you left, is because they
2: stopped because they no, had twelve kids. No, I can. I mean, I can imagine that they went through some struggle. Yeah, but no, a lot of the um the great thing about this school, a lot of the teachers there were just really nice people, mm-hmm. people that we still talk to today. Hmm. I go to church with a lot of them. Oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it was a community that they had a lot of donors, a lot mm-hmm. of help from just the community.
1: So and, for you going to Valley Christian, um. Is that an issue? Not, not an issue, but was it different for you because of how theologically there are some differences? Or, lot, yeah. Or is. was it still, do you
2: still feel like you satisfied both in a way? Um, it, was, it was very different in the sense that I heard a lot of things that growing up as a kid I was told was wrong. Hmm. I had a lot of teachers who were very confused by a lot of my opinions, hmm. a lot of teachers who openly challenged my opinions in class. Not even. I'm not gonna pretend that I am completely like sound in knowledge of this own thing, because this is still something I'm trying to figure out for myself entirely. Um, But yeah, I had a lot of classes (laughs) because we had to take a lot of a lot of Bible courses and a lot of these. Because you you uh, looked at me like that. I I noticed that. I I didn't do this at you.
0: (laughs) I'm coughing. Jake Ooh. coughed really loud and I, I just apologize
1: for being deaf. I just looked at <laughs> you to
0: see if you're okay and then you just the indignancy in your hand motion. <laughs> you <laughs> quickly
1: snapped your neck towards me. I thought it was aggressive. Jake <laughs> is easily frightened.
0: I, I I just looked and then. you... Where was I? You're talking about
2: the differences between. Oh, the, that's right. The, for schooling. The faith yeah. aspect Yeah. A lot of the um, a lot of the, the, material in the classes was a lot of stuff that I didn't see as scriptural hmm. a lot of times. And so, of course, I would go and I'd ask questions like after class, like, how does this make sense? And then sometimes it made sense. Sometimes it seemed very opinionative, hmm. which actually I think a lot of kids from our school know is a common problem. Hmm. Um but yeah, it, I I don't think I really ever got to the point where I adopted what they believed at the school, because there's not a I wouldn't say there's a lot of differences because in, in the sense they're both Christianity. Yes. But there's a lot of differences in like the idea or like the um, what people think about like life and death, hmm. afterlife and stuff like that at Valley that I just didn't really hold as my own.
1: So that was pretty much the main issue was the, the afterlife kind of yeah, thing. Yeah,
2: and I I had a lot of – sometimes I had issues with some of the things that they taught people, especially new believers hmm. that I didn't think was super helpful for new believers, but,
1: but – That's kind of – Yeah. It's kind of hard to teach for – like I can kind of see that though uh, like a school. It's kind of hard for you to teach a new believer when you still have a classroom full of already believers. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to just kind of like – point out one person and kind of do that yeah
2: especially since every person in their own probably has their own little things that they agree and disagree with yeah about the faith too
1: i mean that's kind of how things are in life is that everyone has their set opinion and sometimes or even for like a class like that you kind of just have to go with what the teacher says and you got to do what the teacher does that's what i
2: have to put on the test yeah yeah that's what i say which i personally don't think there should be tests in bible classes but we can talk about that at a different time. <laughs>
0: we'll talk about my, my next line of questioning is going to be, so that sounds like probably your biggest challenge in your time at Valley was a couple of these theological differences and how, yeah. how to address that. Um, what would you say were the best things you got out of being, whether educationally, whether socially, whether faithfully, <coughs> theologically? Like, what, what was good? What were the... Good things about your time at Valley.
2: What benefited you the most? What right. had the most positive impact? Uh, getting to see a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different beliefs. You get you, like especially if, when you see something that's confusing, it kind of leads you to <coughs> kind of leads you to look at where it came from, and then looking where it, looking at where it came from, you start to learn stuff about your own belief. Um, it's always funny. It's because I I had a lot more. I had a lot more influence from the Valley's way of believing than I did from my church, because I'm at this school, you know, five days a week, whereas yeah. I'm here once a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I see these people ten times more often than I see these people. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, what, was, what were we talking about?
0: The the benefits, the biggest positives that you got from being like oh, positive yeah positive impact,
2: whatever. The benefits I got were, um, I really took the time to sit down and look up a lot of the stuff that confused me about what my high school thought and got that. Honestly doing that made me stronger in my original belief. I was like, okay, I see that this is fact. This is not necessarily fact. So I'm just going to, I'm going to leave that behind. You know, I say granted clarity.
0: Hmm. What is something that if you could go back regarding either your personal experience or the way that the school is—that's abroad. Like, what's something you would change, or maybe two separate things. What's something you would change about your experience, yeah. and what's something about the school in general, like academically, yeah. socially, whatever, sure, that you think could improve
2: in some way? Um, Personal school something that I would go back to. There's not a whole, I don't think there's a whole lot I would change for myself aside from, I think, I think I could have done a better job branching out and like meeting different people like first couple of years, but I eventually started getting into like a lot of school activities that just got me to know a bunch of different people. Yeah. So I think I already changed that, but for the school, I think <coughs> something that could improve, something really that could improve with the school is I think uh, how, like religious classes are handled. Okay. Like I don't think they should always be these classes where the teacher tells you this is the way things are and then you have to regurgitate that and put that on a paper because for a lot of people just the way the human brain works is the more times you hear it is the more you start to believe that it's true mm-hmm. and a lot of these things aren't necessarily fact and so people essentially become just repetitive and what they're, what they're told is what they spit out and tell other people. You know, yeah. um, I wouldn't go as far to say it's called indoctrination, but I would just say, I think there needs, I think it just needs to be more discussion based and less like quizzes and papers. There should be a focus on
0: discovery and exploration yeah. as opposed to a focus on memory. And yeah.
2: I don't think there should be a grade for the class.
4: Hmm.
2: Cause religion is not like...
0: I, I think you get the point. It yeah. Says, yeah. I mean, it, it depends on each individual class because it's not like it was just ninth grade Bible, tenth grade like yeah. like each class was specifically because there was like I yeah. know there's apologetics and there's yeah a couple other things, of right? Things. So yeah, each each class would have to be a little bit different. Um, there's a way there's a way to give you a grade for participating in the class yes. without that grade being based on you yeah. believing yeah. this thing or being able to regurgitate this yeah. information like you said I think that's I think that's a lot of like how history should be I think that's a lot of like how English should be Like, mm. it's important to know dates and names and places and stuff but like you should be able to have an opinion about it yeah. and <coughs> the way you are able to express your opinion and participate in discussion and, like, push. Keep and, that like, open. That should yeah. be where a grade comes from, is how much are you facilitating discussion yeah, to the and conversation, informing yourself as opposed to just memorizing information that most of us now
2: just cram and forget. Yep. I don't remember. Diddly squat. Yep. Bible becomes <laughs> no different from history class. Yeah. It comes no different from, like, math class. It's unfortunate. Still can't find the domain. <laughs> oh
1: man, so um I'd like to dive a bit into your religious views. Um so what to you are some of the big differences between the two? Between like our version of Christianity and Seven Day? Um And is it okay for me to call it seven day so I can shorten it? Yeah, sure. S D A
2: if you want. Oh yeah, it's even shorter. S D A. Yeah, okay. Seventh Day Adventist. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, from as much as I've studied up till now, because I've I've only recently started trying to do more to learn about it, learn about my own religion. I think the biggest key difference that I found is that um, our belief of the afterlife. I honestly think is is better hmm. for people to hear. Especially for new believers I think it, it, I, think it, I think it helps them transition Onto some of the harder stuff And makes that kind of easier to understand um, If, I, if I, I guess getting more specific I remember something that they would teach at Valley That had me very confused for a long time Was that after you die It's eternal life and happiness With God in heaven Or eternal burning and agony And sorrow in hell And the gnashing of teeth and stuff like that Is stuff you'd hear pretty often Um, And I I personally felt like that's kind of confusing to me because you think that doesn't sound like something that a just God would allow to happen. You know, and I haven't read that anywhere. I haven't read in the Bible anywhere that that happens. And I've looked for it time and time again. Um, I feel like it leads newer believers to think that it's less of. I feel like they end up just worshiping God and joining this crowd. Of Christian people who worship because they're terrified hmm. of that other reality. And I feel like that's not a good way for people to start. But, um, So,
1: what is the idea then, if it's not as harsh? So, what is your guys' idea for that? From in the off?
2: SCA belief, it's that, like God said, the sinners and evil and sin is cast into the lake of fire and destroyed. You mm-hmm. become no more. So, God comes, takes the believers with him. And then sin is ultimately destroyed. This no longer exists. Mm-hmm. So now it's just good in existence. So rather than like an eternity of suffering and sin. Oh, so it's like it's an just, instant. Yeah. It's sin just is just a lack
0: of a, So, So a somebody who's a non-believer,
2: they would just fail to <laughs> exist? Well, I, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I wouldn't say like ceased to exist. As what, perhaps,
0: like, I, that's why I'm confused. Like, what yeah. do you explain? Either exp- I was typing something, so I wasn't fully hearing you. So you know,
2: imagine like taking like a piece of paper, and, like throwing it into a fire. The paper doesn't exist anymore, right? The yeah. paper is—it's gone. It's destroyed. It no longer has any sort of presence in this yeah. world, you know. And in the same way, just the culture of sin itself, <clears throat> Satan. All his followers is just is no longer is cast into the pit of fire with Hades. And that ceases yeah. to exist. Yeah. I'm just using I'm using biblical terms. Hmm. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Isn't it isn't it essentially the same thing for what what you guys believe, I suppose? Like essentially like this still area of, of hell still exists, right?
0: Yes, um, you are right in that the descriptions of it are not super clear, mm-hmm. and the idea of there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth um, that has to that phrasing comes from a parable Jesus tells. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, this one specifically is from Luke 13. And it says, Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you came, or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first, and first who will be last." Um, So that's one part where the weeping and gnashing of teeth comes. There's another one where he is describing the difference between, um, he talks about the sorting, that there's a sorting that happens, and he likens it to, um, like good good grain and bad grain, and that the bad grain gets threshed. but I forget exactly
2: where that is. And trying to look stuff up on the fly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough. I'm trying to make sure that I don't, I don't say anything wrong either. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I can do a filler question real quick then. Sure. Um, for, so say your is your Bible the same exactly? Like, or do you guys have yes. like a different book? It's the same Bible, yeah. Okay, I thought so. I just want to make sure. Um, also, do you know when Seven Day... Like, when it was founded and stuff? Like, how?
2: Sometime in the 1800s. Okay. By, uh, I think, I believe, a man named William Miller. Okay. Um, it had to, have you guys heard of something called the Great Disappointment? Um, like, an event? Not that I... Like, I mean, you could probably... Maybe. We'll yeah, so okay, like, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a look up a quick summary real quick. It was, pretty, it was essentially just about people in that time looked at a bunch of different scriptures mm. in Revelation... Looking up all the different signs of um, stuff that would that would that would be to come in the end days, and based off of that and other scriptures, they decided, oh, we can calculate the amount of days it's going to take before God chooses to return, and they found out it was supposed to be like October something 1844, and so people sold their all their physical property, sold everything. It was like we don't need this anymore, and then they waited around, and it didn't happen. Of course. Right. Um, and that became known as a great disappointment. And out of that, I believe, came a, a woman named Ellen G. White, who who's uh, essentially what, what SCA believes, that she's the last prophet hmm. that God has sent. And because she was she claimed to have these visions of angels taking her on journeys and make and showing just showing her clarity, showing her answers to a lot of our long ass questions that people have asked showing how God feels about the world as a whole now which is there's hundreds of books about everything that she's experienced everything that she's taught hmm. she um, basically another thing that she talks about is like how people should eat and like I think it's called like this like the prophecy of healing or something like that talks about like how these foods are unclean these foods are clean and like pretty much how people should eat interesting and uh, essentially I think what Part of This is just a small part of what I think makes her valid, but me, I haven't done enough research in order to see how I feel about mm-hmm. any of that, really, to be completely honest. Like, a lot of people say, like, when you follow all the things that she says, like, stuff that she says that she received from God, like, people find that they're healthier. Mm. People find that they're just, they lead better lives. Mm. And it's all based off of scripture. Nothing is really, it's supposedly nothing is opinion, but that's just a little about the origins. Mm. And it's all based out of the United States, or... I think it's based out of the United States. I believe East Coast, but I'm not too sure.
0: So on the previous topic, um, there's two... In Matthew 13, there's two more parables that kind of talk about that. Um, There's the parable of the weeds, and... Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? When, where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Skipping down, he explains it. And he says, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man, Jesus. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Um, so that, again, is the weeping and gnashing of teeth and the separation. And then he uses the parable of the net also. And he says, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. Um, When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So... I mean, Jesus talks about there's there's going to be an end of an age mm. where there's going to be a clear separation between the people who follow him and the people who don't, and and he refers to a furnace. And so, whether the furnace is a metaphor, and I had never thought of the idea of they just burn up and go away. Mm. Um, that is an interesting thing to think about. That I mean, they would. If they were thrown into a furnace and burned up, like they would cease to exist. Yeah. Um. And then, so where, because you had said you don't think a just God would allow
2: what specifically would allow eternal suffering? Yeah. I I think I think a better way of putting it, I think a God who detests sin in every sense of the word would not want it to exist in any in any form of in any form of way. So I think you would want for sin to just no longer be anything that exists anywhere, you know. So I would, that's why I personally I take that as them casting sin into the pit of fire. I see that as God completely eliminating it for good. Hmm. It's new, huh? Well, <laughs>
0: in that <coughs> the. word word what I'm thinking Um,
2: say that part again okay I was saying um, so when someone dies they are essentially in an unconscious sleep until the day that God returns and on that day God takes with him those who are what do you mean they are in unconscious sleep that's pretty much they're, they're dead, as in the dead knows nothing. Okay. The spirit of breath returns to the Lord, right? Okay. The spirit of life, hey, okay. or the, the breath of life, I should say. Yeah. Um, and then when he returns, all everyone will rise. It says first the dead in Christ, and the second are the people who rejected him. And in that moment, the people who rejected him are cast into the lake of fire, mm-hmm. and sin is destroyed. Okay. And that's still – Lake of Fire is still quote-unquote because it's a scripture. Yeah. So. Interesting. Okay. So
1: when you die, it's pretty much just you sleep and then you don't know. But then it just happens, thing, right? Yeah. On the like, do you <coughs> think
0: there's a consciousness in between them? Like, no, I don't. So, so it's just like the death, second death happens they,
2: and then like, they sleep. Yeah. So For yeah. people who are
0: unbelievers
2: yeah. they die and then that's it. Uh everybody, believers, non-believers when when you die, the breath of life is taken from your body and returns to God. And you're your le- in the Bible it's described as sleeping, like the dead are asleep.
0: But so like believers cease to have existence and sentience and consciousness in uh, after life also?
2: I in suppose I suppose so. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to understand as well too. You know and what I mean? They, Conce- but,
1: until God comes back.
2: Yeah.
0: What does that? What do you mean? Until God comes back?
1: Until God comes back, that's when the well, on, breath of the like
2: on His return. The you know, the
1: saved
0: to go with Him.
2: Yeah. They wake up from. Their so sleep. they do exist after. I suppose. Death. Yeah. I, I, I can see. I can see what you're trying to get at. They're in like Cause a it's like because if, if the. If the I think it's, when I say, when it says the breath of life, I think it really means what makes you you, as in like the soul. Yes. You know, because. spiritual. Without your soul, you're just a body. Yes. You know, so I think that all returns to God. And then in some process in which we don't understand, the dead rise on that day. And you have, and that moment, I think that's what people refer to as like the judgment, where you answer to God for what you've done. You know, people talk about like when you're standing before God, yeah, and you have to answer. So for, we, yeah, so believers like pass judgment because of Jesus. Yeah. And then what? Believers pass judgment because of Jesus, and the people who rejected him, the people who decided to keep their life of sin, are done away with. As opposed but then where do the where do the believers go? To
0: heaven. So, because <laughs> that was the part that I wasn't yeah. getting, is you made it sound like, Death happens, and then there is no more consciousness after that. Like, right. spirit, there's a spiritual consciousness, but we also, it does say that we will have physical bodies, we will rise again with mm. physical bodies. Yeah, and there I will suppose. be a physical, there was going to be a new Jerusalem that is going to
2: be populated with these physical right. bodies. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of those little little in between logic things that like I we just haven't made all like connected all the threads yet I think personally me I don't have all the threads connected but I'm sure there's somebody who could answer those yeah someone who knows my faith better than I do I mean that's I think we're all in that situation
0: yeah somebody who knows it a little better than I do um I just think it's interesting the idea of like a just God wouldn't let this happen.
2: Why? I think that wasn't a great way of wording it. Okay. Say. I don't. I I, like, I thought of I thought of a better way to say it after when okay. I said that a holy God, like a, a God who is completely like devoid of sin in any way, can't exist. In any form of existence where there's sin that still exists, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why He's doing away with it entirely and making sure that it doesn't exist in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Because I I
0: always have a hard time with people say, a like good and perfect holy God would yeah. not allow
2: this bad. Evil. Because what what is my comprehension of of justice, you know what I mean? Yeah. Compared to Him.
0: I, Any more? You're going to go into that. About what? I don't know. You started the line of questioning.
1: Uh, okay. I, <laughs>
0: I mean, I, I have more questions, but I'm deep.
1: I mean, you but, put me in a spot where I. You started I, the conversation. That, yeah. What like what, what? do you want me to go from here? Like that's I didn't, a I mean, that's weird thing. That's like why I I didn't. I, I'm not
0: saying take it from here. I'm asking, did you have more in this way because you started? Not the part.
1: moment. I was hoping you had continue with your questions. So I defer. <laughs> good callback.
0: Good, good callback. <laughs> um,
1: oh, I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking that, too. <laughs> was like, that was a good one.
0: <laughs> I can't even give you credit, then, because it was on accident. You already did. I will receive the I've
1: question. already accepted the credit. It's already in my bank account.
0: Oh, boy. Ah. Cha-ching. Is it a credit or is it a debit, Khalil? Cool. Mm whoa well. <laughs> just kidding i don't want to talk about it um, <laughs> you're about to catch me off guard <laughs> yeah. it, that was that was giving him time to think about it but i mm-hmm. actually had zero intention of him talking about accounting because i know he does not want to um so when when did you start the question is always when when did this process of like Believing in faith And starting to learn about it Like when did it all begin Do you remember a time When like you made a decision Or you just grew up learning it When did it become your own
2: Uh, Like that whole Like what did that look like Right so My family has been Christian From since before I was born Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think my dad was originally But I think his family became Christian At some point I think that's what he's told me Ooh yeah, I think <laughs> um, my mom's family, I think, has been Christian for longer than any of her siblings can remember. So they, I think they, like I said, they met at a church, so essentially they believed the yeah. same thing already. And so they just kind of passed that down through our family. And, of course, you know, as being anybody who's been a kid who's grown up in a family where faith is taught from day one knows that you're, t- you're given all this knowledge but as you said, there's a point where you have to make the decision for yourself. Am I going to like, pursue knowing yeah. more about this? And I think, I think that process for me of making that choice is, has been is still a current thing that is happening for me. Like,
0: so you feel like still, you still know a lot of
2: information, but
0: you're not necessarily 100% in on it.
2: Um, I'd say I'm, I feel like I'm my foot in the door, for okay. lack like of a better term. Of course, I don't, I feel like my parents would probably hate to hear this, but um, I, I essentially, I believe it's true, but I think I'm still at the point where, like, I'm trying to live my life in a manner that best shows that, you know, I'm trying to, I'm at the point where I, w- I would like to gain more knowledge about <coughs> this SDA faith, you know, and I would like to start making like, decisions based off of the stuff that I've learned and changing my lifestyle but it's been i feel like i've had i've had doubts for a long time obviously as most people do like sometimes the problem with my brain is like i'm very like analytic just like okay but what if god just doesn't exist at all like what if we're just wrong you know what i mean how yes i've
0: definitely yeah processed that too um what does that conversation look like in your head when it happens okay it's 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 always
2: like okay i i've i've read all this in the bible i've seen the examples i've seen how god has shown himself in my life Mm -hmm. what if that's just like a, a feeling like what if it's nothing sometimes i think like what if it's just nothing more than that what if in some crazy turn of events when we die that's really all that there is what if? I mean, what, yeah, so what yeah, do you yeah. think? What um, If, if it's that's more, true, like, I, what do you feel about that? I, shoot, We're working through this right now because I've never worked that far, really, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I think to myself, sometimes it's more so just don't think that way. Sometimes it's that and sometimes it's just let's try to see all the evidence that we can. You know, let's try to see what in this world is so definitive that God exists that I shouldn't think this way at all. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's, you know, a car crash that I got in a couple of years ago that I feel like I should have been much more hurt, but I'm just not at all. Stuff like that. The fact that even before my mom died, God was already creating this massive web of a support system for me to fall on that I had no idea was me. I thought it was service hours, you know, yeah. but it turned out to be just this massive family. I think about stuff like that. Stuff that isn't really, I don't think that's coincidence. Personally, but I think that's usually guides me back into realizing, okay, he is existent, but obviously the human mind wanders sometimes, yeah. and you think differently. So do you? A, do you think it's healthy that you do that? Depends on how far I let it go. Sometimes I think it's I think it's healthy, obviously to. I, I eventually, I feel like if you ask yourself enough questions and you get the answers to enough of them, it leads you down that one road of realizing that, okay, this is true. But sometimes, like, let's say if I'm in, like, a worse mood or there's just been a string of events that just haven't gone my way, stuff like that, usually, of course, you're just in a lower state of thinking Yeah. sometimes. So you might take that far and then just start living differently, start living as though you doubt you know, start letting yourself make bad decisions, that's when it becomes unhealthy, I believe. What would have to happen for you
0: to, like, go all the way down that? The like, good, what The good or bad? The bad. Like, wh- I mean, the bad, quote-unquote. Okay. Right? Bad. Oh. That's, that's the best. Bad relative, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This way or that way. Like, what would have to happen for you to be like, okay, this – this is overwhelming, and as a result, cannot be true.
2: That's a great question.
0: Because like you, like a lot of people, would be a situation that you went through. Yeah. Like, how can I believe in a God that would let this happen to this person and would make me suffer through that? God, can't, there's no way. There's no way a good God would allow this to happen. So I can't. Like, so you've already been through something like that, mm. and are still on the side of it? Like what, or do you even envision like, no, there's nothing, there's nothing that would ever make me go all the way.
2: The other, I side. feel like there's nothing that would make me go just completely, unless I were to see like, which is not even really, unless I were to see some like writing in the sky, God does not exist. Like someone <laughs> <amazing. laughs> crazy, but exactly. That's <laughs> why I say that. Like even that doesn't make sense. Uh, I feel like there's nothing that could lead me to believe entirely that God does not exist because I feel like I oftentimes I come to the the thought that I have only been given this amount of capacity to believe, you know, just the human amount of capacity. Like there's a fully holy and mighty God, I don't think is fully comprehensible to like just the small human brain. So a lot of times, even when I go down that path of all these different doubts and all these different just things that just don't make sense to me. I realize there's so little I know compared to what God knows. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes as like, as my mom told me a lot of times, there's so much you just don't understand that you just need to, that you just need to wait until you, you get those questions answered. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of self-control when it comes to that doubt. Make sure you're not just, Make sure when you have those questions, don't just let let them just go, like unanswered. You know, like, seek out the questions even if it seems like you can't find the answers. Why is that important? I think it's important for your own for your own growth. I think it's important for yourself. You know, like I wasn't trying to be like, no, that's not important. I was like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I just I'm just thinking. Yeah. Um, I think it's just important because it's like, why wouldn't you want that for yourself? A lot of people are
0: very totally okay to just live ignorant and just believe just because and when doubt arises to to just push it away and not go that route. So I think it's important for people to hear like, no, when that
2: stuff happens, you should question it. Why? I think that's a why because you essentially some, I guess it can go even to like apologetics. You know, somebody comes up and asks you this question and you have absolutely no idea why you believe this that even might lead you to start losing yourself. Yeah. You know, start losing your sense of self, start, lo- stop, start losing sense of your faith. Like essentially that somebody who just goes and believes that without any conditions at all is like the person who built their house on the sand. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have no foundation. So I feel like the more you answer these questions, the better you're able to defend your faith and the better you're able to understand for yourself. Yeah.
0: So progressing from the, the intellectual aspect and believing side of it too. What has your faith meant to you as you have lived out your life? What, I mean, aside from like, obviously you're a good person and you love people and that stuff, but like, it's possible to be that without being a believer. Yeah. What is it about your faith that dictates your life that people would see that that it would be obvious that Khalil believes in Jesus and here's how I know that like what what
2: role has Um, what does that look like I feel like my faith has caused me to realize it's like it's just a lot of times it's healthier like you just find like listening to some of the scriptures of like how you should (coughs) talk to other people how you should interact with people how you should eat all just leads to a healthier person Mm-hmm. And you can see that sometimes when you when you talk to those people who live their lives like that, you can see it. You can see like, oh, this person seems like, they seem like they have a lot of knowledge. They seem like they are very healthy. Yeah. They, they seem like they just do things better. Like it just, they just seem like overall just a well-put-together person. And I feel like oftentimes, because people can make the argument saying that, oh, people who go out and do all these things that are considered sinful, like they they look like very happy people. Yeah. But I feel like you see a lot of times those people who like go out and like I'd say I don't want to just use party as like this broad yeah. umbrella term. But the people who go out and just live their lives the way that they want, they always find there's like drawbacks. You know, they always find it like if I go and I get blacked out this one night, when you get the next day, you get a hangover and it feels terrible. Yeah. Sometimes people black out, stuff happens to them, suddenly there's like a bunch of like legal problems and stuff like that. I feel like there's always a con- there's always an immediate consequence that usually leads you to feel like you shouldn't do it again. But when you live that life of faith, I think, and you follow that as best as you can, I find that it's just, I don't know, it just seems better to me. So, uh, I mean, this has
0: always been your life. Yeah. So you've never known anything different. Um,
2: Are there, in your opinion then, are there no drawbacks? No, I was thinking about that from the first time (laughs) you asked me the question. I think the Bible makes it very evident that believers will face trials and tribulation. Like, we know there's... I, th- I think sometimes it comes down also to, like, how you perceive the idea of consequence. Like, sometimes your faith might cause you to be in turmoil with, like, the rest of your family or with other people or even with, like with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, like, I... Your heart wants the wrong thing and Scripture tells you that this is better, but you're so... Like inclined to pick the wrong thing that it causes that turmoil, and it almost hurts to pick the right thing sometimes. But I feel like we also have to think about the hidden rewards that come with that in the long term. A lot of times, like sometimes we sacrifice. Sometimes I feel like sometimes we sacrifice great later for good now. At least that's the, that's the best way I can I, think about I, it. I think that is a perfect yeah. statement because people the things that people
0: enjoy that they feel like they can't do as Christians because it's fun in the Bible. Mm, yeah. They're not allowed to have that fun. Those are those are good fun you feel best like, high in yeah. that moment not knowing what actual, true, holy satisfaction looks like yeah. later
2: on. Yeah, that's the way I see it too. It's just, and it, you you can think about it too, like, a Christian person might be like, oh, um, like I want to, like, I want to just try all these different things. Like you'd say like drugs, stuff like that, that like physically harms you because like in the moment it's considered a social thing yeah. and like, it's fun to do that with like your friends, you know, a very common concept is cracking open a cold one with the boys, which I don't think is necessarily a problem from time to time. You know what I mean? But stuff that's like actually like dangerous for you. People want to do that now because it's considered like fun. Yeah. Like imagine it's like imagine that fun compared to living in a world without disease living in a world where everybody loves each other and there's just no strife at all, Like that, to me that's the great later, that yeah. it's worth sacrificing the good now at least that's how I see it yeah. Yeah. I love that, that's great it's kind of a funny example <laughs> no, I think
0: it's perfect yeah. no, we really got in it there
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You, t- you two got anything? Or do we uh, advance in another direction?
1: Um, I think
0: we advance.
1: Unless you have more.
0: I
2: mean, we...
1: Or do you have more to say? Uh,
2: mm, nothing immediately, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we did get
1: yeah. it. Well, if anything comes up, you can ask him yeah, towards yeah. the end. Um, I want to take it back a notch. To something a little less serious, well, kind of serious at the same time. Um, you are a collegiate athlete. Why don't you explain that?
2: Oh, okay. Um, it's it's pretty new because I I've been doing track and field since middle school. In middle school, I did shot put, and in high school, I did shot put and discus. And then I spent a lot of my time senior year deciding if I wanted to keep throwing or not, or even if I could keep throwing or not. Based off of how I was, I'm not like I'm not gonna lie, like I was just another average thrower. Um, but I always thought it'd be great to con- to continue because I always felt like I had I had potential. I felt like I I feel like I'm good at like achieving achieving goals I set out for. I was like I would I would love to be part of that team again. You know, mm-hmm. I'd love to be training with the college team, increasing my strength, throwing further because that's stuff that I just I just love to do. And so I remember I tried out the first year. In college, and I did I didn't make it the first year, and I was pretty disappointed. But like I said, you shouldn't just give up on something just because you didn't achieve it now. And so I spent that entire year just training and training, participating in a couple competitions, like lifting. That was a little fun. Um, but I finally made the team this year, and since then it's had it's had brand new challenges that I didn't think I'd face, um, like just meeting new people and realizing all of a sudden that I haven't thrown since high school and I am in, in no way yet like ready to throw like I've been I've been just doing I feel like a lot of this has been catch up like a lot of what yeah. I've been doing recently is catching up starting to get to that standard and it's weird because you feel like that's not okay but they make it very clear that it, like it, it is okay like um like you spend a lot of time getting on these new training regimens that just absolutely destroy you because you're just so unaccustomed to it. But for some weird reason, you want to go back and you want to do it every single day. <laughs> it's, for a lot of people who haven't been into sports before, it's it's a completely foreign concept, but there's something about the drive of just lifting and being sore and being tired that is just rewarding and then seeing the progress later. So would you
1: say, because you do work out, you lift weights and stuff like that mostly every day, um, that you can, um, would you say that that track really, or like that throwing really put you in a place where you felt that that was a priority, or do you choose to do it on your own? Um, Like in order to be a better thrower, do you need to be,
2: like do you see yourself that you have to continuously work out and get stronger? 100%, yeah. I think... Each day, each day that I don't do anything, there's a person somewhere else training and getting that time that mm-hmm. I'm not putting in. There's somebody who's out there trying to beat me. That's the way I see it. And I think as as part of something greater, I'm just I'm one small link of a of a, of a big team. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm not up to standard I'm not putting out my best work out there, there's people who are suffering on the team because of me. You know, there's people who, for them, are are getting money out of this. You know, there's people who are trying to set records for our school because that's their legacy and they're working just as hard. Why shouldn't I work the same if mm-hmm. not more? So it does push you
1: to lift more and yeah. to get strong. And stuff like that. 100%. That's my drive. But you also do enjoy it too, which helps probably. Yeah. Like even if I wasn't throwing, I'd still be in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, you are part of an, a lifting club and stuff like that. Yeah.
2: There's, yeah, there is that too. Um, but I think lifting originally, I'll, I'll, if I think back far enough, I'm trying to remember. In fact, I kind of realized I pushed this away. In, um, when I first started high school, I was, my doctor diagnosed me as pre-diabetic, hmm. I remember, hmm. because I was probably 20, 30 pounds overweight, and I didn't eat that well. And so my dad was always like, he's always been a very health-conscious person. And I remember just having to, like, we would always have, like, these just different meals. Like, I couldn't eat, like, like tortilla chips and, like, hummus if I want You know, you know, like that pine nut hummus? That stuff is good. And it sucks to have to give that up. <laughs> I remember, um... <coughs> he says with a very straight, upset face. <laughs> I, I'm very passionate about this. Um, I had a lot of friends who were very into weightlifting at the time. I had a friend who brought a shot put to school one time. I remember he was, uh, he was like, know, check this out. I have this shot put, and apparently people throw this for a living. Mm-hmm. And all their life, they tell you not to throw rocks. And for this one event, you get to. And so I gave it a try, and I was like, this is heavy. Let's start doing weightlifting so I can be as amazing as those other guys. And I remember I got into the weight room, and I lifted weights the first time, felt soreness to, like, nothing I'd ever understood before, <clears throat> and for some reason came back to do it again. And that was in middle school? That started high school. Right. Yeah, that started in high school. I started going to the weight room. And I just had these group of friends who would push me through it every single day, helping me to get stronger. I would see the progress they made. I'd want to compete with them. I want to be stronger with them. And so if I missed a day, I'd feel like I'd fallen behind. You just go back every single day and you do it more and more. And eventually it becomes a habit and eventually it becomes an addiction in a positive sense, I should say. <laughs> but yeah, that's something that I wouldn't give up.
1: Um, so did you, I kind of want to bring it back to more more of a broad thing. Did you do any other sports other than throwing into like that or?
2: Yeah, I ran one season of cross country <laughs> my sophomore year and that was probably one of the most awful experiences in my <laughs> life it was like the team was fun but as a as a heavyset man having <laughs> to run like a minimum of four miles every day is pretty bad hmm. I remember there was like and it is not even I honestly can't even remember what it was that made me make the decision to be on the team because it was like practice <sighs> insanity, from insanity. Like, that's what probably it was like practice from like either I think it was seven o'clock to like nine or ten every morning. So I'd be waking up at like 6:30 to go run. <laughs> I mean, and, and no shame to you runners out there, but y'all are crazy. <laughs> um, I remember I'd be walk I'd be running on that track at like seven in the morning doing our warm-up mile, like warm-up four laps, and I was just like, why am I here? <laughs> it was probably for something. I was like, I want to lose weight for the track season. Which to me didn't even make sense at that point because I was just losing strength. But I remember I ran that season, a very, very painful season. There were a lot of there were a lot of wins. There's a lot of those you know lower moments where you you're the <laughs> slowest person on the team. But people are pushing me to do it anyways. Yeah. Um in the end it I saw its benefits, like I lost a lot of weight that I needed to lose, honestly. Um and that set me up to be a better athlete for my sport. Yeah. I just had to do the catching up with the strength and everything, but yeah, that was another sport that I did that I don't think I'd do again. My last question on
1: the sports topic: What is one thing that sports have taught you has taught you that has really impacted you?
2: Um, I mean, I, th- I think a very simple thing is that hard work is rewarded. Hmm but that your reward doesn't always come as soon as you think it will. Hmm. Sometimes you work extremely hard, and you won't see it for a long, long time. I spent, there were some times where you'd be, specifically for throwing, you'd be out there in that ring for just hours and hours and hours. The thing is, for throwing, the longer the practice gets, isn't necessarily the better it gets. Mm -hmm. You tend to have your better practice earlier on. As you get more and more tired, it gets just worse and worse and worse. And you want to keep going, and you just can't. So I think a benefit that it gave me is also knowing my training limits, knowing my limits and knowing how dedicated time is better than <coughs> just a training for a long time. Like a, I would say a short amount of time of just mindful practice and mindful work is better than just practicing mm. as long as you can and burning yourself out. It's a marathon not a sprint.
4: Yeah.
0: Palmer? So, field sports intrigue me because you are an individual competing individually as part of a team. And I, the only time I've ever like experienced that is playing high school tennis, but like there's no other situation where tennis really, I mean, they do have a team. I don't need to that. There's a professional tennis league where they have teams and mm-hmm. stuff. But like it, you're an individual doing your own <coughs> thing, and it affects a bigger team. And then, so, so I'm interested, I'm setting up this question, the psychology of being an individual doing these events that are very intrinsically motivated, but being part of a team and competing against other individuals If there's an equilateral triangle that each vertex, each point, at one point it was for yourself. Another point was for your team. And the third point was to beat the other guy. Where would you place yourself in that triangle in terms of your motivations for working hard and getting better?
2: I feel like genuinely right in the middle.
0: Like you really do feel like all three of those motivations pull on you
2: equally. Yeah, definitely. Because the for myself part, I love to see that I'm getting stronger. I love getting those PRs and you have all your teammates around you cheering you on to lift that heavy weight. I like seeing like the the, the physical change in your physique. And then for myself, that's what drives me. When I see my teammates and I see how hard that they're working and I see them making their progress and then you're there, you know, feeling for them when they're they're in their lows and celebrating with them when they're in the highs and then being able to perform to make them proud. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it as for my team, that motivation and then causing me to want to be better. And then being the winner is, is terrific. Beating the other guy who has all this pride that he doesn't deserve necessarily is just it's great when you see that you're just you just worked harder than them and that it paid off that's a huge motivation too or even beating the guy that is super dedicated and has put all his time into it and you just knew that you worked better than he did that's a great motivation too so on so that like
0: competitive aspect is it the the motivation to win to be better does it only exist for you in that arena, or is that a, like, like personality trait of yours that you are very competitive and you want to win everything that you
2: compete in? Like, how... I feel like... I think it, it it's probably very situational, mm-hmm. like, in all honesty. I think for throwing and sports and lifting, it's definitely like that. Mm-hmm. I like winning and stuff like that. Um, Honestly, like, I don't feel drive to have to be better than everyone at everything for all other things like i'm okay with being good at something i still want to be good at something i do yeah but i don't really have that drive to be like i don't have to like outplay you in piano or something like that like i don't have to outperform you or anything like that i just because something like that is it's for me the way i see it or in the end like whatever talent i have i'm trying to use it to i'm trying to make the lord proud honestly Like, I don't feel like I have to be better than anyone.
0: So, like, in a board game situation or, like, Uno
2: or, like, I mean, because those are. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that, definitely. I like to win. I definitely like to win. Uno Uno is a frustrating game specifically. (laughs) I love it Because to some degree, Uno is just luck. (laughs) Yes. And I hate games of chance. Yeah. Where you like you can do as much as you want, but it really just comes down to who got dealt the better cards. <coughs> but um, yeah, like I guess I guess definitely for games, yeah, I want to be better, especially when it comes to like the games we play, Jake. <laughs> like free like on Xbox and stuff like that. It's always fun to get Jake as mad as possible. It's not. Jake is an angry person. I agree, I agree with that. It's yep. clearly fun for that. Ian definitely knows if you can get Jake to scream into a pillow, you've won for the night. Yep, it's a <laughs> lot of fun.
1: There's been many times where I, like, pretty sure like I like destroyed my vocal cords
3: because I kind of screamed into a pillow. It's awesome. Yeah, it's super funny, and I wish we could record some of the moments if he where can't he's speak raging at the end of the night. Oh, if he can't speak at the end of the night, you know you've won. That's a great mentality. Thanks, guys.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you should be. You're making your friends happy. <laughs> That's entertaining. At this the state. cost of everything. It what did
1: it, it's like the Thanos scene? What did it cost everything?
2: That almost sounded kind of. That almost sounded kind of violent, didn't it? When we said. Yeah, it did. At the end of the night. it did. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. It did. Yikes. As in he. I just screamed too much, and his n- voice is sore. There's no fixing this. let's just go on. Hi.
0: I, I didn't have a plan after the equilateral triangle. Okay. I was well, really proud of myself for coming up with that. That was, it was
1: pretty good. Uh, I had to think about it, too, because I was in the same thing as a sprinter. Like, like I... I was considering that, too. I'm like, where do I fit in that, even?
2: It started to sound like a math question, like a, like a word problem for a second, and froze know. up a little bit.
1: Imagine if we just gave <laughs> time. What if we just sat here and gave he Khalil
2: math He faults. said vertex, and I know we looked at each other, and you knew you were listening I was you said vertex. Like, <laughs> and, and for the
0: people listening who were like, what the F? And I was like, and, I mean, I was making hand motions and pointing and stuff. So Find in, the, the domain in the room, of the triangle. it was easier. Um, so hopefully, as you were listening and following along, you understood what I was going for. You could visualize a triangle. Though.
1: I'm visually drawing a triangle in the air as we speak. He's lying. He you don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like that kind of thing where we can just like kind of say something like that and just have no idea if we are. And I could be laying on the floor right now. So
2: now you know that most of the time when Jake says something, don't believe him.
1: That is a lesson, that Khalil,
2: that, is a lesson that Khalil has
1: taught many people <laughs> he Honestly. he has this
2: theory that if uh even if i'm wrong i argue he really it right. does like jake if you ask a question just like to the general public jake will just give you this super long elaborate answer that doesn't really come from any sort of basis of knowledge but he will believe it as though it's some basis of knowledge. I'm pretty
0: sure half the opinions Jake has are just to get a rise out of people, and he's just yeah. Hold I used that to think that, but we
2: honestly, were. sometimes I think he genuinely
0: believes it. He believes we did not land on the moon. He likes to tell stories, and that's the one for me. That's the one that gets me every time because I still think he's joking about it. No, but he's he land land so adamantly opposed no. to the idea no. of us having <laughs> been on the moon. Absolutely, we, we landed likely. on the moon.
1: We did. Why? What's the no? We're not getting into this. We claim the movie. I have That'll a few Christmas questions topic. that are kind of just off topic. So sure. they're kind of just be filler questions until Bomber's his last questions. Shoot. Um What is one thing in pop culture that influences you? That influences me? Dance. Mm. I, I love
2: trending dances. <laughs>
1: like, so do you like go on like Instagram and just watch people dance and stuff or I
2: mean if it, yeah, if it's there. Mm. Like So you don't like, openly go search for it? No I wouldn't say Unless there's like I'm trying to like Show someone Yo like this is the Whoa man Like check it out um, Stuff like that um, I'm really into music As you know mm-hmm. I was about to say like, What type of music I'm really into well, I mean I am now Because you just Transitioned to it So yeah. well. I am really into R&B like Soul Hip hop Gospel music Like I'm really into all that. All that stuff I would say Influences me Country, absolutely not. What kind of artists influence you the most? Would you say? Uh, as you guys know, I could go on for hours about it. My absolute favorite artist is Kendrick Lamar. I love all. I wouldn't. I, I shouldn't say all. But I just love. I love the art he puts into his music. And I like how much time he spends on his lyrics, even some of the, the less meaningful ones. but I feel like he always just paints a beautiful word picture of how he's feeling of his experiences, some of the stuff, even if I don't interpret it in the way that he intended, the way my interpretation of his lyrics tends to be helpful for me. Hmm. So Yeah. Um, moving on from music, unless you have more to say. Uh, oh, you actually, you play
1: instruments. Would you like to go into that a little
2: bit? Yeah, sure. I mainly play piano. That's the one I've taken on for myself and practiced the most amount of time. I played violin for couple years, started as an elementary school. I played until the end of high school. Never really too good at that. I just kind of liked being around the music scene mm. and orchestra. Like I just, I've always just enjoyed music in general. And then I played guitar for a couple years in middle school and early in high school. That also, I didn't practice too <coughs> much. So as a pianist,
1: do you like it when people say, tickle the ivory? It's funny. It it
2: is. It's pretty pretty funny sometimes. (laughs) Um, I've never heard that before. You ever heard that? Please tickle these
3: ivories. I've never heard that before.
2: It can be cringy depending on who it comes from sometimes. (laughs) I've I've never heard anyone
0: say, please tickle these (laughs) ivories. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've heard heard people say, I've heard people say, tickle the ivory. I've never heard anybody
2: (laughs) phrase it, tickle these (laughs) ivories. Oh, it's probably actually just my, yeah, my version, Man. the
0: way I speak. My answer to yeah. that will always be no, yeah, no matter what the ivories are referring to. So, moving, okay. have,
2: uh, have they referred to anything other than P.F.? Yeah? Moving know. on. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: so as a quick fun little thing, I want you to go around with the three of us, and you will say one memory that sticks out that you have with us
2: I just think it'd be fun the first thing I think of easily for Bomber is when he carried me on his shoulders <laughs> and I at the Goodbye. time was 240
0: pounds took both of our lives into my hands yes yep.
2: I am usually the one that is like people are like oh like want me to give him like a piggyback ride or something stuff like that like I'm usually the person that carries people yeah but for f- the record
0: it wasn't a piggyback ride yeah it was, it was a shoulder on ride.
2: my shoulders yes and so, honestly, the getting into this position was a blur. I still can't imagine, but, like, for the first time in my life, I was out of control. And I did not like it at all. Yeah, you oh, guys, they were, like, ten feet up in the air. And it was, like, it was, I I crazy. have never been so elevated in my What's life. What's weird
3: is I remember being
1: there, but I don't remember, like, I can't visualize it. Because it's, like... You can I can visualize it. I
3: just have no idea how you guys got up there. Well, it's not happening <laughs> again. So. I have no idea. <laughs> you, you guys look like Goliath. Picture. You guys look like Goliath, like 10 feet tall up in the air. Get yeah, someone like who remembers it's it to me. paint it.
0: All, all it takes is me like not having to be all the way on the ground, so you being able to, like, wow, <laughs> my knees are bent, so yeah. I can still push up. And then I probably needed somebody on each side of me yeah. to steady myself as I got because we were still height. wobbling. But way. then once I'm like once I'm full height and I can bend my knees a little and support myself, yeah. then it's fine. But not you carry getting, him like down uh, the hill?
2: No, no, no. We just walked around. We, like, yeah, oh, we just okay. like, walked like, two or three feet yeah. before I just had to yeah, get down. Yeah, a hill would have <laughs> created a lot of top heaviness. <laughs> and and that would have been. just for reference, I am 6'3", <clears throat> while Bomber is 6'7". Yeah. We weighed exactly the same.
1: That is literally – wait,
3: that's 14. That's 13 feet. It's 12 feet. 10 he sat. He didn't, wasn't standing on his shoulders. He was sitting on his shoulders. It's a combined
0: height of 12 feet 10 inches. If he was oh. standing on top of my I head, I forgot. That it was more closer to. It was, it was somewhere <laughs> we're between 9 and 10. I'll be honest, I didn't catch that for a second. <laughs> I, too. I was count.
3: like, yo, that is 12 feet. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. somewhere between t- 9 and 10 feet yeah. is how
2: high they were up in the air. Anyways. Yeah, that was that was an absolutely terrifying experience. Yep. For Jake, the experience for the, oh, there's just so many for you to be honest. Like you're you're a strange person, man. Oh, yep. <laughs> I, I thought this was so endearing. <laughs> it wasn't going to be <laughs> yeah. sentimental. It was going to be weird. Wait, was the question your favorite memory? Favorite memory just a memory, like memory that comes out. to mind. That's okay. Okay, any memory. Um, for Jake, I remember it's like. Not something you do often, but one time you, like, rubbed, like, your beard scruff, like, on the back of my neck. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to get that out of my head since.
1: Just that. Just that. Why like is it
2: Because you need to know about this. The world needs to know the crime you committed. I've done so much good for you, and that's what you've <laughs> I already, done. I already talked about how you checked on me earlier, yeah. like, through text and everything. You got oh your my moment.
0: gosh. Has he you rubbed your shoulders yet today?
2: No, Nah he's, he's on the other side of the room not
1: Khalil has Some Damn. of the best shoulders I've ever seen Thanks, So I like I gravitate towards him sometimes I just like grab them I'm like I want these But at the same time I don't Because why would I put work in I can't that?
2: even like, really say That it's weird Because he's not the only person Yeah no Like, like it's it.
1: I'm not the only one Like I Like it's just It happens Like I don't even mean to Sometimes They just They appear there
2: Yeah They just appear there Oh man Um there's, there's I'm surprised
1: st- you didn't talk about when the camp thing that happened this year.
2: Oh! <laughs> oh! No, I should talk... That's, okay, <laughs> it's too good not to talk about that now. So, at this camp, there's like a theme every single year of what we do. There's two counselors to a cabin, and they decide what the theme is. Oh, my god! Jake's cabin's theme was, like, yeah. FBI. That's what nope, you wanted GOP-D. to bring up? GOPD. Yes, have you heard
0: this story? I didn't... I, that's not if I didn't witness it. You weren't right. there. Oh then mm-hmm.
3: no! I would like to preface the oh, story. No, 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 no. You hold can talk up, after. Hold I would like to just say that I was dead asleep. It was the best sleep I have gotten all week. That wasn't necessary until after. That's
2: actually no. It's a good thing that he said that now because I was going to say the point. Of, the point of me bringing this up, the whole theme thing, is <laughs> every single day of the of the camp week, so like the kids have to be woken up at the exact same time to get ready to go to like the assembly so that we can go to breakfast uh-huh. and that process in itself is by far my least favorite thing that i do every single day it's a struggle it's getting all of them awake and it's the fact that i do because ian is a yeah. heavy sleeper and will oh, not wake yeah. up i can take a bluetooth speaker and blast music and maybe they'll take a while to get up and i'll get them up eventually but ian will just stay out it's a Khalil, cool. you're him. also <laughs> like kind of a Deep sleeper too though, which is impressive that I did that yeah. each day, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, I got them all awake, and I, I was tired of doing that every single day. So that Friday of the week, I, it was Friday, right? Saturday. It, it was
1: the last day of okay. the Saturday. Okay. 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 Yeah. Saturday
2: morning. I, the last day of the week, I, I text. I got up. I woke my. I woke up. I opened my eyes, and I was like, I have to wake them up again, and I do not want to do this. And I was thinking to myself, what are some alternatives? And so I text Jake. I was like, Hey, you want to wake up my cabin for me? And he said, sure. And I was like, okay. I didn't really know what he was going to do. And so I sat away because I, I thought he might do something like a little drastic. And so I just locked my phone. I sat there. And then literally in less than three minutes, you hear loud knocking. You hear, FBI, open up. And they bust down the door. I literally just, at that moment, I scooted across like my bet, so I wouldn't get hit by the door. <laughs> they kicked down the door and turned on the lights and just started screaming. Him and all of his assistants started yelling. And then all my campers just jumped up, absolutely terrified. <laughs> like, it was the end of the world. One kid but, was, like, screaming. Yeah, one kid in the of the room, like, this was the... I almost feel bad. Like, this kid <laughs> might have trauma after this, not going to lie. But the best reaction out of all of it was Ian. At the end of the room... <laughs> man, he looked like he you know, was about to lose everybody in his family room. Really
3: <laughs> <like, it was, laughs> I was so exhausted from that whole week, and I was... Like in the middle of the best dream and sleep I've had always.
2: <laughs> I've never seen a man more terrified in my entire life than you, that moment. That's you see like the color. Like he, like his <laughs> color left his body. Like he was pitch white uh, and it's just like – No, at that moment, Jake, Ian left his body and moved <laughs> on to the next life. His face was like <laughs> – <laughs> <this>, oh, <I,
1: laughs>
2: oh, man. That was fantastic, which is probably also, like, probably one of my favorite <laughs> memories of Ian, like, transitioning into that, to be completely honest. Um, but I feel like I have to come up with, a, with another one for you because they all had their specified ones, which is hard because when you ask somebody this question, you're unable to think about anything. Yep. Um, let's see.
0: While you think, I'd like to find out that, no, you don't get to look because you have to oh. think. There's this guitar thing on the wall. It's like a painted picture of a guitar and the guitar written on it it says <laughs> tune my heart to sing thy grace. Oh, and we've been in this we've been in this room a couple dozen times now. And as I was sitting here looking at it sing thy there's no space in between so sing ye. So I read thee. that as Sing thee, sing, like, the <laughs> sing thee. The heck is second like, you oh, sing thy, and I, I don't know that how too, I so never. The, saw the second
1: that you brought front. that up, I looked at it too. Or like the second you started talking about it, I looked at it. I'm like, oh god, that that what yeah, is that? That's,
0: sing thee, it's rough. Because like sing the other that. one's like like tune is its own line and it's done its own font. My heart, my is lowercase. It's in own font. Heart is capitalized. It's own font but To sing thy is literally like <laughs> very close one run on they're word too close with all it. the same font they're all capital so it's is, hard to is Bob like
2: a really big guitar person? Yeah. I yeah, didn't know that about. him. three it. guitars I right did, here. I did notice that when I walked in. Yeah. I have my thing by the way. It took me so long because this was so long ago but Uh-oh. it was like one winter when it was really really rainy every single day. Oh my day. gosh. And like I just looked at cuz Ian Ian is a yes man. Like, if we have a stupid idea, usually uh, me and Ian are the two people who are yeah. willing to do it, which I really appreciate both of them. Yeah, I'll go like, along with stupid ideas. <laughs> it was raining so hard. It had to be, like, 40-something degrees outside, and it was just raining super hard. And I was like, yo, you want to go outside? Like, you want just, to like, just hang out outside? He said, sure. We went outside, and they were like just getting, like, the super long grass in the backyard, and we just, like, slipped around. And, like, we just, like, used it as a slide. And, like, just did a bunch of stupid stuff, and it was just a lot of fun. And I can't think of anyone else I could do that with. I, can, I remember that. that There's no one who is more willing to be an idiot with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's yeah. fantastic.
0: That's pretty good. That ends my questions. I I, I think we're good. We're <laughs> at two and a half hours, and I imagine we're all very hungry. I'm yeah. starving. Well, so yeah. I
2: was, I'll be honest. I was thinking two and a half hours was going to be like, I really thought I was going to run out of like stuff to talk about. But that went by incredibly quick. I've, thank you, guys. I've developed the ability to just
0: continually ask
2: questions. Yeah, and I'm learning t-
0: questions forever. forever. Yep, nice. Um, but thank you very much for yeah. making time to be on. To Thanks be, for having me. To be open with less easy parts of your life to talk about and to engage in good spiritual conversation. Those are both not easy to do, and I think we had good conversations. It was great. I am so, Thursday, we have Mariah on the show, and that'll be interesting. that would be geography talk. I, I zero desire to ask questions Darn. about geography. I have i I ask you. about her on the topic of geography, but not about geography itself. So I'll delete the map I was going to print out and have her name the states. <laughs> I mean, you can do that. I'm...
2: Wait, why are you going to make Mariah do that? Because she's it's, a
0: geography major. It's a geography. Oh, so Jake's just... It's an actually going to do it? No, um, I don't have a printer. We are going to Parrains for lunch, and it's my favorite soul food place in the world. They don't sponsor us. <laughs> that would be dope.
2: Um, I feel like every episode there's so many of you guys wish I would sponsor sponsored. <laughs> oh, Yeah,
0: I wish anyone would sponsor Yes, true. We've had two things get sponsored. Two. But, I mean, technically Friday, Jacob oh, sponsored yeah. everything that happened. If I didn't have to pay we for it, that means it got that. sponsored. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because there was a whole okay. thing that I forgot to announce anyway. By the way, Jake vs. Ham is up. It's oh, been up. Yeah. If you listen to this one before you listen to that one. That one's much shorter. Also, I have to say that I'm really disappointed with how Instagram works.
1: Oh, I was concerned you just say about me and eating ham.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed with Khalil's interview. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely terrible. Um,
0: yeah, for the record, on Instagram, if you do a live video and it lasts an hour, it cuts off at an hour, and then I couldn't save it. So no, the dumb. whole video that i live lived yeah. didn't save. That's okay. And it's not archived.
2: That is tough.
0: So, lesson learned whenever we do the next live thing on Instagram to <laughs> cut it off at a half hour so I can save it and then start over again. But better now than later. Not yeah. right now.
4: That
1: is so all. Close it down? Yeah. We'll all great. right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, this was From Bob's Office. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at F R O M B O B S O F F I C E. That is From Bob's Office. I am Jake Mathis. I'm Jacob Bonner. I'm Khalil Mead. And I'm Ian Silva. See
4: thank ya. you.